Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Inner Chatsman Podcast, where, as always, this is your favorite uh, place to hear all of the nerdy video game news and other uh, announcements that have happened throughout the week that has kind of caught the attention of me and my buddies, Phoenix and Metal Gamer. As always, on the screen, you should see some audio locations if you prefer that. Uh, feel free throughout the week to check out some of the video highlights that I post. And also, we'd love to uh, read any engagement questions, anything anything at all you guys may have. Um, so, as always, here's my buddies Phoenix and Metal Gamer. What's going on, guys? You're out of the uh, the proverbial basement, or is it a real basement? I think it's a real No, I've just redecorated, that's all. I, I'm decided I'm going to turn this crummy basement into a home, so... <laughs> Or like my attic. Thank you very much. <laughs> I forgot you're in you're in an attic. That's yeah. I'm in I'm in the uh, gotta I'm get the, the lore dust, right. Uh, we've we've yeah. got some real we've got real deep lore. Maybe we should be game of the year instead of Elden Ring or something. Ooh, Ooh throwing that shade, throwing that shade. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, been good. We've got better uh, We haven't been. We haven't had a podcast since what before Thanksgiving? Has it been that long? Yeah, it's yeah. been about three weeks. Mm-hmm. I would say we definitely pushed it back and then I, I ended up going on vacation and i think gamer did as well right or you you were out of town for a bit yeah i had a few shows to play so i figured you know go on vacation for a bit yeah no such all right guys why <laughs> <laughs> you don't you get, get vacations spend time with the family huh that's yeah that's always uh, that... quote unquote fun so <laughs> 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 all right uh so real quick just before i get into it i just wanted to say um unfortunately uh, if you guys didn't see uh, jason david uh, frank passed away uh over our little break and just you know as as kid children of the 80s and 90s i just wanted to kind of pass it over to my friends i mean what did you guys think i mean i know we're all huge power ranger fans i mean I'm, i know we're all taking it pretty hard yeah, man. Uh, Power Rangers was part of my childhood. Uh, every Saturday mm-hmm. morning, not even Saturday morning, I think I played like every morning before school, I'd watch, you know, whatever the episode was. And yeah, I mean, that saga of the Green Ranger and his turn, man, that was like legendary, like true, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, uh, stuff of um, legend there. So no, I, I miss, um, for one, I miss those times. I miss being a kid, you know, eating my cereal, watching some uh, Jason David Frank and everybody else along with it, but he would missed. Um, it was cool because he's been doing this for so long. Like he didn't just, you know, do this character for X amount of years and then die yeah, out. He's been pretty much. This has been his career for the past. He's, 30 years. he's been a part of the, the convention circuit for Power Rangers for like ever. He's always been like, you know, the main one kind of at every con and everything. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, it's cool because it's not just the conventions that he's been involved in, but even like um, it's it's what Sabin Sabin Entertainment, whatever it is, the guys in charge of Power uh, Rangers. Sabin. Sabin. Yeah, uh, they've kept yeah. him involved, like even in like the shows. They brought back his character and like you know reinvented him throughout the years. He's been in like comics, like as a new um, new character. So I think it's cool that they kept him in that long. He's been you know, I think you find that a lot with a lot of, like people who make their career with like kid shows or stuff like that. They end up being resentful over so many years mm-hmm. about it. But he really just kind of seemed like he you know cherished that time, really kind of celebrated it. So he will be missed. Very sad. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I found it kind of surprising. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, wait, what? I had to do like a double take because it's like we saw, we saw him at one of the conventions, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we saw, we've seen and, him at Omega Con um, like, yeah. what, seven yeah. years ago, something like that? Yeah, we went to, we sat in on one of the uh, the talks and the question and Q&As or whatever. And it just seemed like such a awesome, you know, 
down to earth person and mm-hmm. he was he was touching people's lives dude like remember the people who were crying that they mm-hmm. were asking they, they 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 weren't even asking him questions they were just like telling him how much they loved him like people who got went through hard times and and they were consistently like i don't know breaking down it's just like mm-hmm. gee this and then and hear this i was like wait what so it kind of made my head spin a little bit and i was like why well uh, yeah well you know kind of similar to you know unfortunately we lost kevin conroy and jason david frank two huge 90s characters you know within a span of a couple weeks and yeah. you know kind of mm-hmm. kind of similar to conroy like it kind of shows you that like you know unfortunately you know outside of the out of the eye you know people are going through things that you know he, he, they may not outwardly tell you about it but in the definitely in the background you know frank had his you know problems and then conroy was dealing with sickness so yeah unfortunately you know you never know what people are kind of going through you yeah. know or dealing with i mean yeah they're real people just like you and me like they have their own issues and problems that you have to go through and I mean, I know there was a lot going on with, I guess, like the past couple of years with um, uh, Jason David Frank and like his wife and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, you know, he was battling Mm -hmm. his own internal demons, unfortunately. But I don't know. It's it's sad no matter how you look at it. But um, I'm praying for his family. Hope that they um, you can come to peace Mm -hmm. with everything and that, you know, his legacy lives on. I mean, I don't know where you guys all stand with stuff like that, but his character is going to, you know, live on for generations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'll forever be him and... Uh, shoot, I forgot her. Or Kimberly, him and Kimberly are like you know yeah. the faces of Power Rangers, basically at this yeah. point. And I definitely think. Yeah, we lost a lot of people this year too. Like just in general, there's been a lot of. Uh, a lot of sure. We lost the guy who there. smashed the watermelons too, didn't we? Yeah, oh, Gallagher. Gallagher. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and then we lost Taylor Hawkins. We lost so many like people. I forgot Taylor, Taylor Hawkins. Taylor yeah. Hawkins. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. not Gallagher was pretty old for his age, but um, but well, honestly, Gallagher was a little before my time, but I yeah. knew I knew of him. Well, I think it was tragic. We've lost. I mean, not I mean you're always gonna lose people. People, you know, are never gonna live forever. But we've lost a lot of people young this year, like between yeah. Taylor Hawkins and Jason David Frank, like. It's always tragic to see someone go. I mean, you don't know when their prime is, but before their time for sure. So, yeah. Well, I guess yeah. I sh- I I would feel bad if I didn't also mention that. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Power Ranger fan, but for me, the show wasn't my favorite Power Ranger thing. It was the movie. I used to love the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, and it doesn't hold I tell up. You, I, used... I tell you, it doesn't. I watched too, it too recently. Bad, too but... bad the game sucks too. <laughs> <laughs> I like the couple of the games. They, were the, they had the beat 'em up one, and then they had the one where you played as basically the just big kaiju fighting robots. That was cool. Yeah, the kaiju uh, one was okay, but the other one was like movies like that in the the Ninja Turtle original movie. Like I used to watch those movies on loop yeah. constantly. Ninja Turtle still and holds up, at least the first one. Power it does. Rangers, less uh, at least. So. <laughs> let's let's not talk about the third one. Yeah. <laughs> For another someday, podcast. someday we will. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, once again, uh, we'll run through some of our topics for the day. We have a couple of games to talk about. It's a very Pokemon-heavy episode here. Uh, we will finish our thoughts on God of War Ragnarok, and then we will go into our, of course, highlights from the Horde topics. And then we have a pretty, pretty, uh, <laughs> large pretty, pretty, amount of speedrun news topics. So. Uh, we actually have quite a bit, and we're already a ways in. So I say we go ahead and start with... So what did you guys want to just 
finish up our thoughts on God of War Ragnarok? Yeah. Just to start? That sounds good. Why don't you go okay. first, Chess? I want me to go first. So, yeah, uh, if, you, if you didn't get to see our last podcast, we uh, didn't get to finish the game. Me and Phoenix were almost at the exact same point at about the, what, 20, you say the 20 hour mark? Or you were at the 30, but that's because you had played more side stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but we were still a couple hours away from the ending, so we got to, I don't know, we, over, you know, over the, the next couple days after that episode, we got to, you know, kind of finish the game almost at the same point. And, uh, yeah, I guess just kind of overall thoughts on uh, the ending as a whole. Um, I would just say, I remember saying that I think I was slightly lower on this game versus God of War 2018. And upon completing it, it's it's hard to say. Like, I feel like I'm almost right dead at 2018. Like, I don't know if I could say I liked the game as a whole more or less. Um, which, is that a good thing? Because that, right, that means just, like, the quality was maintained and it was still fun and yeah um i don't know i mean i guess and this guy goes back to what we're talking about like, this game i almost don't think you should think of it as a sequel heavy. yeah it's a like yeah you gotta look at this as the whole package so don't say oh 2018 versus ragnarok like if you think about from beginning of 2018 to the end of Rag ragnarok how do you feel about that whole experience that's how i would kind of you know try to gauge your mm -hmm. expectations about it so i mean the fact that you had similar feelings of quality and you know polish and narrative kind of follow through i mean i think that speaks to the quality of both games and how well they were able to kind of stitch it together yeah um so i'm trying to think of where i left off well you, um, you hadn't gotten to um uh, asgard yet right yes okay well i just killed heimdall i think is where i left off at okay so i was a little further Anything, than that i think i was yeah. just about to go into asgard for you know the whole ragnarok battle and you were like uh, maybe an hour before that because you hadn't um found uh what was it um Surta or any of that yet right no yeah yeah you're right how do you feel about um, that part so I, going into the whole starter battle and then you know throwing him down the galactic pit or whatever mm -hmm. it was and then attacking the valkyries and stuff like yeah i actually really enjoyed Surter. i think he was one of my favorite characters in the whole game for the short amount of time mm -hmm. you got to kind of talk with him he was very witty i remember he had some jokes in there i can't remember exactly it's been a few weeks but uh he was really cool um I really liked, you know, he was a character that had been kind of built up in 2018. I remember he had been, oh shoot, what am I doing? Forgot my B-roll. Um, but yeah, he, he he was fun. I enjoyed him. I'll be honest though, he it kind of his impact didn't really feel all that important in the end. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, all he kind of did was blow up a door, and that was kill that Freya's was brother. Jeez, did he? Oh, that's right. I forgot he killed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Ultimately, it didn't for me. It didn't feel like he was kind of all that all there. Yeah, um, I agree. And I tell you that general kind of feeling that you know the like not not a really I think a whole lot of impact really happened. Just period at the end of the game for me. Like the biggest moments for me of the game were leading up until Ragnarok, mm -hmm. like um, where you know they fight uh, the big giant wolf and then they go do a whole Surtur battle and the Valkyries underneath. Like all that build up was really, really good, and they built up a lot of anticipation. And then you get to the actual Ragnarok battle, and I don't know about you, but I felt fairly underwhelmed with that last I agree. couple of hours. Mm -hmm. um, what did you think about Jormungandr's origins? Did you think that was? I thought that was cool. Cool um, at all. Well, I think I I kind of pulled this up last time when you were talking about kind of the time travel mechanic. I'd mentioned, oh, they had mentioned something in a conversation where, like, 
Thor had knocked someone back through time. That was because I remember mentioning that God of War Two was centered all around. Because you were That's like, right. "Was was time a, a integral part of any God of War game?" I right. what we talked about. But it was cool because you got to see that moment play out from their conversation, where he smacks the big snake back, and you know it ties mm-hmm. it all together between you know that was the origin of him as a titan. Just like it's a mm-hmm. cool um, bit of lore there how they uh, fit it in. Honestly, that's one of the things that this game does the best and doesn't ever, I think, falter on is how they really just enrich the game through its lore. And it's cool because it's a very unique take on Norse mythology. Like, it isn't exactly you know, your standard tried-and-true North uh, uh, myths. It's, it has their own take and spin on everything, which I think is really cool. So, um, I don't know. That was good, but I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of express my feelings towards that last hour or so. Like, how would you feel about the the siege on Asgard where you're kind of going through and breaking in and, you know, trying to get through the big gate and all that kind of stuff. Fine. I mean, uh, like I want to say it, it was, I don't know. To me, it wasn't as, um, I guess cinematic mm-hmm. in a way. And I also didn't think you really like fought a really big variety of enemies. It was mainly just continuation of the, what were they called? The, the ice ice yeah the uh, stars of the age or something like that i know um the undead norse yeah you just kind of fought a bunch of those creatures and then it it threw you towards the battle at the end it was like i think we're really kind of lost or why i kind of lost it like you're right cinematics when we're looking at it because like you think about you have this giant epic battle kind of taking place all around you like you you have the giant snake in the back and surters out there you almost never Mm -hmm. see them they throw you into like these little, you know, um, pits and tunnels and, you know, kind of alcoves to fight through. Mm-hmm. And it's all just very close quarters combat. So you don't get to see the scale of the battle. And I know it's because, you know, you're trying to slowly work your way towards actually, you know, getting into Asgard. But I don't know if it really brought down the scope of the battle to me, which I thought was kind of lacking. Um, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's like, you know, I've, I've compared this this new new age God of War to God of War 3 a lot. But... To me, it felt like a very, like if you compare it to the opening scene with um, God of War 3 with, you know, against, with the guy in the Titans versus mm-hmm. uh, uh, Olympus and all that stuff. Like for me, it paled in comparison to kind of the, um, oh, I can't think of the word, to kind of the scale yeah, of the scope that battle. Scale where like just felt so yeah. much, like you're right, all the older Considering what's happening in the background. Yeah. yeah. They were all about, you know, everything being larger than life. Like, you're scaling giant titans. You're scaling Mount Olympus. And they made it feel like you're really tiny in this really big world. Mm -hmm. But then you get to this, you know, um, siege on Asgard. And it it should feel that way. You're trying to go up this giant mountain. Like, honestly, it felt more impactful when you were playing as um, Atreus, just climbing the mountain. But, like, with this, you're just, like, down the ground level the whole time, sneaking through these, basically, um, little tunnels. And then you get to the wall, and then you're just let in kind of deal. Like, uh, yeah, very anticlimactic for that siege portion. The combat, you're right, was wasn't anything like overly a, interesting. It was just like a walking and protect uh, Sindri. That's mm-hmm. all you kind of did. Yeah. And it was fine, but yeah. I, I agree. We both are in agreement that I think the scale was, I don't know, compared to the older game, just not... Everything just felt very anticlimactic to me. And I don't want to come across negative. I did enjoy the game. And even the ending overall, I think, was was good. But the buildup that you got those those, uh, few hours leading up to that final battle, it made you feel Mm -hmm. like there should have been more. Because even after you got past that siege, you finally get into Asgard, 
you immediately fight Thor. Like, there's no, like, fighting through the city or any of that. You're just, bam, Thor. Uh, well, okay, I guess there was a little bit. You had to make your way slow to, um, uh, to him slowly, but there wasn't much that I recall to you. I think it was just, like, a little bit of combat, and then, bam, you're at Thor. I don't remember. I don't, yeah, that's what it felt like to me, honestly. So I guess, kind of leading up to it, just, I mean, what did you think about the final battle with Thor and Odin? Did you, I, I'm kind of disappointed Fine. they were so close to one another and yeah. that they were in the same location. Mm -hmm. Yeah, The uh, Thor I mean, battle, I mean, felt like the first Thor battle, but in a less interesting place. Like, the first mm -hmm. one, you're fighting around this basically frozen lightning strike, which is pretty cool. And then the second one, you're just in front of a building. Uh, like, I don't know. Um... The Thor battle was fine. Uh, I didn't find it overly, like, difficult or unique. It was just a bunch of wailing on him. And it was because at that point I had leveled up uh, my character so much. Like, Kratos, I think at that point in the game, I had just about maxed out most of his armor. So I just kind of pounded on Thor until he was done. So there wasn't really a whole lot there in far of, uh, in far of I'm sorry, as far was, as, like, challenge or anything. I was more disappointed with the Odin battle mm -hmm. than the Thor battle. Like, Odin just, I don't know, kind of thinking on it after playing the game... I don't, I, I don't know. He just didn't feel that menacing, I guess, on the whole. Like, yeah, I'm like, not quite sure where they were going with that character. It's character hard design. because the the appeal to this Odin or the menacing factor to him is how manipulative uh, he is, right? That he was working behind the scenes and tricking everybody through, you know, his, um, uh, you know, transforming into the people kind of stuff and kind of playing all the hands against everybody. Like, that's where the threat from Odin comes from, right? Is his knowledge and understanding and foresight to kind of trick everybody mm -hmm. and manipulate them. He never really came across as this, like, physical powerhouse, which at the end of a God of War game, it's always going to come down to just, I'm going to punch you to death kind of thing. So, physicality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, when you get down to a, you know, fisty cuffs with Odin, it's just like, I mean, he does some, you know, teleporting. He's got some, you know, Norse god powers, but. It doesn't feel impressive or special. Like, compared to, like, the Zeus fight in God of War 3. And there's, like, no comparison there. Like That, that fight just keeps going on and on. And, like, <laughs> Zeus feels powerful through it. It makes sense for his character. And granted, Zeus, at least the way he was um, portrayed in these games, is a more imposing kind of physical threat than Odin was. Um, but just the scale of that battle felt different. This Odin battle... You, Kratos and him are related, so it makes sense that, like... Mm. Yeah. Their two forces are like. Well, you have Thor and Odin who are related. I mean, they don't share the same physicality. Is that where you're going with that, or? Well, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and granted, this—that's just once again the developer's interpretation of Odin. Not every Odin has that same kind of lack of physicality, but I don't know. I definitely felt underwhelmed with the Odin battle. Um, both uh, phases of it, if you will. Like the second phase didn't even really feel all that different to me. I, I can't recall a bunch of differences, at least mechanically. It once again just came around to me, just chasing around, punching him a lot until he died. So, yeah, they were a bit underwhelming. Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of other things that were re revealed. I mean, the other thing that happened is I remember the um, uh, Atreus destroys the mask. Therefore, we mm -hmm. never get to find out exactly what's the, behind the, the question tear. that's behind yeah. the yeah. So I'm assuming, you know, what that's like, the answer to life or the reason for our being was, yeah. was behind there. We'll never get to... Maybe in the next game, that's what they'll... Maybe uh, Atreus will continue his search out of curiosity for whatever that was. Maybe. I mean, I I'm think... Assuming. Well, we can come back to where Atreus is going in a minute, but I want to kind of focus on those reveals or lack thereof towards the end. So 
like the whole thing building up to this from a narrative standpoint was will kratos defy fate right will he find a way to not die and he does but did you really like did you track with that how that moment even occurred that he you know cheated death because i don't feel like they really telegraphed it very well yeah well that was the point he was supposed to die that was the fate, right? Kratos was supposed mm-hmm. to die, and he didn't. But, like, did you did you catch on to how or why he didn't die? No. Or, or are you going to answer it? Because I'm not seeing it. Well, to my understanding, maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but the whole point was, like, and this was a the theme throughout the game, Kratos never trusted Atreus. It was against his um, character to be able to do that, right? And then the last moment... He trusts Atreus, and that's when Atreus makes the change of heart to break the mask oh, and all that. Oh, to destroy the mask, yeah. I guess my point being is, it was such a, if that is the rationale for how they avoided fate, it was either way too subtle, or, I don't know, it didn't have enough impact to me, because, I don't know, it felt like there was missing some kind of, I don't know, something there at the end that would kind of show how he was able to defy the fates and not die. And they even kind of showed the flip side of it, like, you know, it was supposed to be Kratos lying in Atreus' lap at the end, and instead it was Odin lying in his lap. So they were clearly trying to do some kind of imagery or symbolism there to show there was a shift there where Odin now took Kratos' place uh, to die. But I don't know. Where that shift took place, I thought was poorly executed. No, okay, I don't want to say poorly executed. Somebody's going to yell at me. But I feel like it could have had a little more context, maybe, it may some people will prefer the subtlety, but I don't know. I felt something was lacking there in that little narrative moment. I definitely, after thinking about it, I, I think I definitely preferred the ending for 2018. Um, I, I don't know. 2018's ending was just more... I don't want to say it was more open, but I felt like it had a pretty satisfying place where it kind of left off, where you're just like... Well, you, you had... got answers. You had answers, but you had many questions opened up. But the, the answer benefit that was did 2018 answer. was it was such a simpler objective, right? The only thing they had to do in that game was release the mother's ashes. So all the conflict and everything, it didn't really matter how it resolved. It just had to resolve. So, I mean, they had some interesting, you know, narrative standpoints with, you know, how Balder had to die and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But Ultimately, it didn't matter, right? As long as they beat Balder and he wasn't a hindrance to him anymore, they could move forward to go ahead and spread the ashes. That was going to feel satisfying. This game had so many other ends to tie up, right? The thing with the fates and the um, Atreus' history and Odin's objective and the stuff with the tear. Like, they had all these different kind of you know, plates spinning. And I don't feel like it was a really satisfying conclusion for all those threads to kind of get wrapped up or tied together. Does that make sense? At least for me. No, I agree. Um, and maybe they're just saving some of that. You could be right. Maybe in some sequel or spinoff, they'll come back to that world behind the tear kind of thing or whatnot. Or maybe they'll dig into more to what happened with the fates. But I don't know. I just felt a little lackluster there. And maybe I felt more so because I was already missing out on the big climactic battle side of things. So I was thinking, well, there will at least be some big narrative kind of, you know, uh, filler here at the end to kind of satisfy everything. And I feel like even that was lacking. So I don't know. No. I'm not going to say the ending's bad because I mean, I think as a whole, if you look at the whole game, the ending served it its really purpose. Um, it just, to me, that was the low point of the game, personally. Now, I liked the post-game. Like, how much of the post-game did you end up doing as far as, like, side objectives I, and all that kind of stuff? I did mostly everything except beat Gana. Okay. Gana was the only major... And I even just... 
I watched the cutscene on YouTube of after it, and it's not much. But oh yeah, uh, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Did you do the um the trials? Uh, and uh, was it Muselheim? I didn't finish. I didn't. I didn't finish them. No. Okay. It's the stuff right next to Gana. So, yeah. yeah. Did you yeah, do, yeah, I didn't do that. um all the ravens? Did you all the ravens? I think I did, but I forgot to turn it in. Oh, okay. I think so I, you, you I missed think one I of the cooler. You missed one of the cooler really? things. I mean, for me, I, think I forgot to open that last chest. So, I mean, do you want me to spoil it, or do you want? To no, go that? ahead. So it's a small thing, but it was it, to me it caught me off guard. Um, cause like all the ravens, I went, opened up the chest, and like you know the whole time the ravens have been talking about like our father has trapped us, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. referring to Odin. When you open the chat yeah. uh, last chest, they're like our mother and father, and then they have this big like witch lady pop up you have to chase down and fight. So it's like some final battle, the mother of the ravens you got to kill at the end. Um, and it wasn't like the battle was anything overly interesting, but. It was something very unexpected, and I feel like that was kind of the cool thing with a lot of the post-game. It had a lot of cool little hidden battles, if you go back and start searching through stuff. There was, like, a hidden dragon you could fight. Did you ever find him? Mm-mm, probably not. Yeah, so, I mean, the post-game, I think, it had a lot, too. I liked the post-game of Ragnarok a lot think? more than 2018. I was going to say, what did you think about, ultimately, Tyr, or not, was it Tyr? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is Tyr the God of War? Tier? Yeah. Finding real Tyr? Yeah, what did you think about I actually thought that whole section was kind of boring. The whole oh, the, finding him in the tower thing. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like an overly interesting way to find him. I think it was interesting to find him. Um, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I just thought like it was like a very kind of simple puzzle. You, you kind of doing yeah. like some jump swinging across. And I was just like, that kind of was a weird way of finding him. I think and I then, find it interesting because like he was to me, he didn't feel like he was that well imprisoned. You know, unless it was just oh, because yeah, it was of the, like a... the realm he was in was maybe hard to get to. I don't know, but like he was just in a regular. It really felt like cell. he should have been able to get out of there if he wanted to. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that was a little yeah. I think lackluster, but it was cool to see Tier and kind of get the actual Tier's perspective on things. Um, did we talk about that turn last time? Where I don't know, uh, Serrano got that where Tier was oh, actually was... Odin. I don't, I, don't think I, think you, I don't think you had gotten get to, to that, that part yet. So I know you haven't played the game um, uh, Metal, so I don't want to overly go into too much detail. But okay. one of the things you do is you find the Norse God of War tier at the very beginning of the game. He's kind of there to help you out and kind of serve as an advisor to a certain extent. You find out at the end, it wasn't tier. It was Odin in disguise the entire time, listening to all your plans and like trying to jerk you around and whatnot. <laughs> so... Um, it was a cool, what a jerk. yeah. So it was a cool twist there at the end when Tyr kind of or Odin reveals himself. Um, I'm still kind of, I mean, it's kind of weird that his wife didn't notice it. Or there's actually, she's like super ultra powerful too. Here's what's I'm interesting about it. Couldn't. I don't know if you saw some of this from either like reading online or hearing some of the de- um, developer interviews, but they added a lot of little hints if you know to look for them, so you can tell that that's not the real Tyr. For example, mm-hmm. when Tyr talks to Freya for the first time. He doesn't call her Freya. He called her Frigg, which is what Odin always called Freya. That was their whatever name. He didn't catch that? Yeah, so she didn't catch that, which, you know, it's kind of like, whatever. And there's actually, if you have, like, subtitles on the game, like, Tyr is supposed to have, like, a little apostrophe over, I think, the Y or something, the official writing. But when it's Odin pretending to be Tyr, the apostrophe is removed in the subtitle. So it's just T-Y-R instead of T-Y-R with the little apostrophe. So they do a lot of little subtle things like that. Then if you go back with that information, you can see all the little kind of cues to how that's not really the real tier. But I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. 
And I guess the only other section I remember that was post-game to mention is the uh, the whole funeral for Sindri's brother. For Brock. Brock. That was that was a pretty good section. I really enjoyed that. Really oh, the sad. part where they finally, uh, he got the answer to the riddle. Ugh. Yeah. All right. It's all really sad. Riddle for you, um, uh, Metal Gamer, since you haven't played the game, so it probably hasn't been spoiled. What gets oh, no. bigger the more you take away from it? Uh, dirty. No, I'm not. I'm already there, but no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What would that be? So the reason I'm telling you, that, so early on or at some point in the game, there's this character, Brock. He's one of the, um, uh, the dwarves that you interact with that makes your weapons. He tells you a riddle, and that's the riddle. What gets bigger, the more you take away from it. And the smart little... Um, uh, advisor head that votes on your hip Mimir can't guess it and he's yeah. supposed to be like the smartest man alive and then what, what happens is? is that dwarf gets killed by Odin pretending to be Tyr at a certain point and at the awesome. very end of the game you have a funeral with him and then Mimir gets the answer to the riddle um, it's a hole a hole gets That's bigger dumb. the more you take away from it well it's dumb but it was actually this really kind of I don't know gut wrenching moment because I yeah. don't know just the way they kind of interact and the way that riddle was kind of left hanging the whole time it was well, it gets talked to it gets mentioned like, yeah like during really passing conversations he keeps trying to give answers for it and never gets it right and Brock's like jabbing him the whole time so I don't know it was a fun just a little narrative kind of thing they tied in there but yeah <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was anything else oh, awesome. um I know that I mean I'm trying to think of anything. I would say um, we do kind of get. Oh, go no, no, no. You go first. I'm just gonna say we do kind of see Atreus and Angerboda kind of go off on their own. Or he says he's gonna go off on his own adventure. What is he? I forgot what he says he's gonna he's go do. He's trying to go find the rest of the Titans because he believes they're oh. still out there and he can, you know, resurrect some. Now there's no threat of Odin trying to bring him back. I think is kind of the goal. I mean, technically he can put him into animals, so he could, you know, have a whole animal Titan world. Uh, <laughs> is do you think? Uh, do you think Kratos and Freya are going to go make a new Atreus? No, or? I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe. I guess my my question. So they can make the ultimate warrior child. They're two. They're two like the greatest fighters in the in the cosmos. I guess. Well, <laughs> technically, what is it? I don't know if you know the actual like um, uh, Norse mythology between um, Loki and Angerboda, but they're supposed to mm -hmm. give birth to a giant wolf. Um, what is it, Fenrir? And that's supposed to be the strongest being like out there. It kills Odin, all this kind of stuff in actual Norse mythology. So, Fenrir is already in this game, though. Yeah, they've. I said they've taken some liberties, but anyway. Mm. Um, so, do you think yeah. with the way they kind of left the game that what's next for God of War is kind of going with this? Like, do you think they'll go ahead and have that spinoff game with uh, Agrabota and Atreus going off on their Titan journey, or they'll leave that alone and they'll just reinvent the Kratos and new God of War kind of mythology mythos? Go from there. I think the latter, because I, I, I don't know if Sony would like, I, I would assume they know there would be, I don't want to say backlash, there's not going to be backlash, but I think people are going to play God of War no matter what, mm -hmm. but I definitely think, I mean, you can't shift wholly away from Kratos, like, I agree, like I, def, I, def, I definitely think you can have your cake and eat it too, where you still stay as Kratos, and then you know, maybe periodically, as in this game, you can switch over to Atreus on whatever he's doing with Angerboda or whatever. I think that's probably, you know, what that's if, probably it. 
What if they did, like... Because Sony's done this a lot, too, with a lot of their first-party games. They have, like, a spin-off side game that focuses on that. Like, you think, like, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, or The Last of Us. Uncharted. Like, Uncharted. Uncharted. Um, oh, what was it? Um, not Lost Legacy. Was it Lost Legacy? Or was that the Lost Legacy Collection? It was that little spin-off I can't it. remember. I know there was a spin-off one. Yeah, and then Last of Us had... I mean, it was a DLC, but I think they made it standalone after a while with, like, Ellie and the mall and the mm-hmm. other uh, characters, so... Do you think they'd just do that, maybe? Not have another, not necessarily a full-fledged God of War game, but, like, mini God of War, Lad of War? <laughs> God, of War God of War Ascension 2? <laughs> maybe. I mean, I don't know. Or do you think they'll just save it all for a brand new God of War? I think they'll I think they'll just start a new God of War. Okay. Um, because, I mean, the, the whole, like, um, uh, reality tear thing can kind of pave the way for a new location for a new world in a way so on that i think that's actually a good uh segue or a good um way to kind of bring in other uh, mythologies did they ever may i just miss this in 2018 because it's been so long how did he go from greek mythology to norse mythology in the first place like he never i never say how he just turns up here yeah i am i feel like there has to be some bit of information in the game somewhere that i've overlooked i mean if i go look online i'll find out but i feel like that's a pretty big you know point because if we're going to think about how he's going to go into some other form mythology we probably need to look at how he got from the first mythology into this one right to me again the, the 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 terror in reality is the only thing that to me, can answer any well, that, of that? I mean, I mean, that makes sense, but I don't think, at least in the lore they've laid out here, that Kratos used any kind of tear like that to go from Greek to Norse. Because, in other words, I think he'd be a lot more knowledgeable of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, that's true, because at the beginning of 2018, it all, he has, like, no understanding of how this world... Like, when he first meets his, his uh, the mother... Mm-hmm. He has like no understanding of this world or its gods or anything. Yeah, um, so it's, they make it seem like at sometimes he just you know went from one country to another, but I, I don't think that's really how it was. Like, because in God of War three, he pretty much destroyed the died. world. He, he died. He died again. and destroyed the world. So was he reincarnated? Was he like I don't know? I've missed I that. I guess Maybe... reincarnation's probably the thing that makes the most sense. But that would be weird too. Because, I mean, he's starting this as old Kratos, so did he reincarnate as a new baby Kratos and live an entire life in this North war- Norse world? Because that doesn't make sense, because he'd know about Norse mythology if he lived his whole life there. Or did and he they just... even... And it's not as if... Oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, I, I don't know. I'm trying to... I'm just kind of theory crafting now. And also, reincarnation and... wouldn't make sense, because he has his Blade of Chaos. So... Yeah. I don't know. And it's not as if Odin created this world, because Odin is a super upfront about how, like... He has no understanding of the origin of things, and he says there was someone before him that created everything. So, like, Odin's not even the the end-all, be-all of this world. Yeah, I'm curious what's tying all this together. And maybe I've just missed a really big thing from God of War 2018 that explained that. And if somebody is somehow watching this video and wants to explain in the comments, leave, leave us a link. I'd love to look into it. Um, but I feel like that's a pretty big missing element that I think if you figure that out is going to really help you kind of understand where this game is going to go next because you'll then have some kind of story rationale for how he's able to jump around between mythologies. But I don't know. Kratos versus, I don't know, Egypt, Egyptians. 
Egypt would be Egypt. cool. They got a lot of cool mythology, a lot of gods there. Uh, you got Chinese mythology. Japan. Um, I Chinese Japan. Um, Ireland actually has a lot of cool uh, mythology too. Like, there's some yeah. cool stuff there. I know it's a joke, but I've seen so many people joke about like modern mythology or modern religions, and I'm like, dude, they're not. No one's gonna touch that. I know it's a jokey thing, but. Well, some people aren't joking. It depends on how you view if any of that's truly mythology. Like, I have my own opinion. Um, (laughs) I'm just saying because in my last stream, someone was talking about that, and I'm like, I I don't think you could. They will not go that direction. No. 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 You can't. You really can't. I mean, whether you feel like that's a good gameplay decision or not, I mean, that's going to get your game banned in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not banned, well, but you like, know what I'm saying. Also with that argument, it's like, um, you know, our modern religions don't have like giant creatures and stuff anyway. So I, I don't what think do that makes fun any from a sense. gameplay perspective. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. I don't know. But anyways, I do think I'd have to see the Ireland thing. So I'm, I don't, I'm not familiar with that one at all. There's a little bit, I'm, I'm not real well versed in it, but they have a cool, they have a few cool gods in there, but I would like to see Egypt, personally. I think there's a lot there. And I think people know enough about Egyptian mythology. They could probably draw some parallels oh, yeah. there. They know there's about Ra and stuff like that. ISIS, ISIS and Ra and all that. Yeah, so I think that'd be an easy segue. Like, they won't have to teach a huge amount. Like, I think that's what made Ragnarok work really well, is you had the MCU that kind of revitalized North mythology some, so people are already familiar mm-hmm. again with Loki and Thor and Odin, all that kind of stuff. So it was an easy segue. So... I feel like they'd want to do something again that has some familiarity out there. That way, it's something easy to grab onto. But. Yeah, uh, ultimately, I agree. I who knows? I have no no idea where they're gonna go. Well, we're not gonna next... see another God of War game probably for oh twenty twenty six years oh, I think yeah. yeah I think twenty twenty seven I think it's gonna be about five years. I don't think we're gonna see this mm-hmm. anytime soon. But we'll see. Uh, do you, do you think maybe they'll do a movie? It seems like Sony's kind of. They've done an Uncharted movie. They're doing Last of Us TV show. Um, I know a lot um, of people have been saying they want the voice actor of Kratos to play Kratos in a movie or TV show. That's I think that's been on a lot of people's. I don't voice. think it would translate well, personally. Uh, I mean, not that I don't think there's a good story there, so it's cinematic, but I don't know. I think games like this that have this high level of uh, man, what's a good way to say this? Hmm. I'm trying to think the best way to phrase this. I feel like it's it's so gamey part of it, uh, and that's yeah. not going to translate well. And this like Last of Us is a more cinematic experience. Anyway, it's focusing so. on just the narrative. It's a little more down to earth and realistic. Like this is just so out there. Like I think to make that come across more realistic, like I don't know. We didn't even ask Gamer. Like what does what does Gamer want? Like what? I mean, I would assume. No movies. No movies, no TV shows. No, I saw Uncharted. I, I thought that was a heap of trash, and that's just me. Here's the thing. Uncharted was... could have worked. Like, that's one it of the franchises I think could have worked. Um, they could have made it work. They strayed they too far away it. from it. And that's the thing, <laughs> like, so are they going to try to do a one-to-one thing if they do God of War? I don't think that's going to work. It's also, I think, a situation where they can't really stray too far away from it. I think they are, they are going to be... Barking up the wrong tree if they try to take God of War and translate it into a movie. They have franchi- uh, franchises that work well. I think The Last of Us TV show is going to work out really well for them. Um, and I know we're segueing a little bit, but um, 
I thought the way they're handling The Last of Us is really smart that they are, it seems like, making it like a one-to-one translation from the first game. So I think that's going to work in their favor because really The Last of Us is, yeah, about the world, but more importantly, I think it's about the story between Joel and Ellie. So the fact they're focusing on that, I think, is going to work really well for them. With God of War, is the focus Kratos and Atreus? Is it the fact that you're beating up gods? Is it like pinpointing what God of War is to translate that into a movie? I think is going to be tricky because you end up like a doom scenario where like doom just focused on, Hey, you're in space shooting stuff with like zombie hey, aliens. I did a video on that movie. I know, I like that movie. But, so, but you see what I'm saying? Like that didn't translate well. Cause I don't know if they really identified what made doom no, I, doom. Right. That's um, a dumb movie, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, I'm where's making this particular topic stretch way too long. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Ultimately I would say, so did you like it more than 2018? I think you said you did. I did, but for me, I think really, it's not about the narrative. Me, all that was good. I think the combat was just a lot better, and that's what turned me off a little in the first game. And I think it improved enough in this game that it kind of carried me through and made me a little more optimistic to the whole thing. Said it, but I'm finding it hard to really differentiate between the two. Yeah, I think that's I, fair. Yeah, I mean, they're both really good games. I absolutely recommend them. I, I want to say I like 2018 just a touch more, but... I honestly, I, I don't know. They bleed together I, I a lot. They bleed together, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So that was God of War Ragnarok. We can turn the page on that. That's our second part of that topic. Oh, is it your um, game of the year? I will ask that. Is it going to beat out Elden Ring? Oh, well, beats out Elden Ring. Um, For you, because <laughs> you can beat Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go back and see what exactly I've played this year. Cause it's going to be stray. Like, That's going to be the game of the year. Pokemon Violet is not my game of the year right now. Um, All right, well, let's shift over into Pokemon Talk then, since you brought it up. Yeah. So this topic, put a timer. I'm not going more than five minutes on this. I want to be super quick. But um, <laughs> timer, we're not going. Things hard on me. No, you don't have to. I was just joking. I'll but I, I, I got don't the timer wanna... up. You want five minutes? You want ten minutes? Go ahead. Minutes? Go ahead. Do it. Yep. Do it. Do All five right. minutes. Five minutes starting now. So we are officially starting our Pokemon Talk. No, not on Pokemon Violet. Uh, over the kind of uh, the month, I've been kind of playing off and on a, a Pokemon game that I picked up. But uh, yes, I've been playing the game Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. I picked up. I know I'm a, a little bit late to the uh, to the to the game on this one. But um, I, have you any of you guys played this one? Did you play this remake? Mm-mm. I almost picked it up only because I wanted the um, the benefit it gave you in Arceus. Because like you got like mm-hmm. special Pokemon, that was the only reason. But I heard so many negative things about it, I decided not to touch it. So again, I'm gonna be quick, but I'm gonna struggle to find any any super unique aspects of this game. I mean, it it was ultimately a fun Pokemon experience, but it definitely did not change the formula at all, in my opinion. I'm struggling to find anything that I saw was slightly different. I mean. The only thing that's slightly different is you get... I can't even think of the, the name of the thing. But you get, like, a device now that's almost acts like a watch or, like, a computer that's on, like, the top right of your screen. And that's how you access um, stats and your Pokemon and uh, uh, the, the uh, HMs, you know, to use moves and stuff. Let me ask, did um, you play was... the original Diamond and Pearl? I did not. That's that's uh, That probably would be helpful to be able to compare it to that one. Well, but... I'm curious because, I mean... You're comparing it, but are you comparing it just to changes in other Pokemon games or comparing it to Pretty changes much. from the old per, uh, Diamond and Pearl? 
I'm comparing it to older Pokemon games. Okay. What generation was Diamond and Pearl? Was that like four that through four? Ruby. That was after Ruby and Sapphire. After Ruby and Sapphire, pretty sure it was that, and then you got into the black and whites, and then you got into 3DS territory. I think. Yeah, um, I would say since it came right after Ruby Sapphire, that's actually a great comparison because there were aspects in this that I did notice um, uh, that were similar to Ruby and Sapphire, such as a lot of like the contest oriented things. Like mm -hmm. you remember that from Ruby Sapphire yeah. where like you put your Pokemon in and the, depending on how strong or cute moves were, you could get scores and win awards. Um, that was in there, um, which I guess now, again, now, now that I know that it was this was post- ruby sapphire I, I do see a lot of similarities between it but um ultimately to me it was just a pretty basic pokemon experience i mean there's another i forgot what team it was you know their team star galactic you know some other team and ultimately they want to kind of take over take over things or and and own led or take you know capture legendary pokemon and you're just trying to stop them throughout the game while beating gems yeah um that's pretty much it. I mean, there you 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 play gems, you capture Pokemon, you take on the team. Ultimately, at the end, the ending is almost exactly uh, the ending of Pokemon Arceus. Right. Like it's weird. Well, I'm trying to say it's weird, but because they kind of tie in, it makes sense. But at the end of this game, all that happens is you go to the same exact looking, uh, almost like a coliseum. You yeah. remember that from Arceus? You go to a Colosseum, you, you capture the legendary uh, Pokemon, and you beat the game. I didn't actually do the final four, which, I don't know, I I kind of lost interest. I was just playing it for cause for during holiday season while I was doing some traveling. Well, you found it pretty cheap, didn't you? You found, like, a pawn shop. Yeah, for, like, it was, 20, like, 25 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it was it, it's fun if you like Pokemon. I mean, I didn't have a bad time. I just, you know, trying to find new or unique aspects of it for me were... Uh, not not plentiful again once again it's just how you utilize hms and your map and all that just through like a soul a center a top right machine thing that kind of mm -hmm. you know is your way of utilizing everything well, i think to be but, fair i mean i mean i haven't played it um it but is based on an older game i guess I yeah you have to remember this isn't a new pokemon game it is a game and i get this is where my point is going with this so this literally sounds like from my understanding of you know hearing other people talk about it before you talk about it it's a one-to-one -one remake, pretty much, or Brilliant Diamond, or yes. Diamond and Pearl. And, I, I can very much see that. And it sounds like that was probably one of its biggest downfalls. Like, they didn't take the opportunity to revamp it. Like, when you think about when they released uh, Fire Red as opposed to just Red. Although, yes, Fire Red is Red. They added a lot of quality oh, of life stuff to it. A lot I, of this... I didn't God of War playing this whole time. <laughs> oh, well, I haven't had B-roll anyway, so it doesn't matter. I over um, to Pokemon. No, but my point being... Um, no, you may forget my point. No, it's there. Come on. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, it's good. Like when they've done remakes, like whether it be Fire Red or like the Let Go series, they've added modern twists to those old games. This doesn't mm -hmm. seem like they did that. Oh, there's our timer. Um, but I think that's the issue, right? They should have taken this opportunity to revamp it some for, you know, modern age besides just the chibi graphics they came across with. But either way. Um, I guess real quick, I'll just throw out the chibi graphics you mentioned. I remember that was kind of a a small talking point for the game um i don't think they're all that particularly good looking i mean maybe it, like you're saying because it's it's a remake based on an older game I, I guess in a way i can kind of see it being kind of cutesy because it's 
you know, a play on the older type looking Pokemon style. I know a lot of people hated those graphics when they were revealed. So I yeah, didn't I think they were great. I don't have I a preference per se. They just look very simple. There's a lot of games that use that kind of style too, because of four remakes in particular, like Final Fantasies and stuff. They all the had new that, Zelda. Like, I played that new Zelda one that looked like that too. The Zelda one though took it a little bit further. It wasn't Zelda. just chibi. They almost were going for like a toy aesthetic. So I think for that. It was more than just, oh, let's make the heads big. Like, they had some other um, artistic qualities to it. This game is just straight up big head mode. <laughs> I played that one on stream. While, I played that one on stream while I was, like, sick with COVID. <laughs> that was a COVID, like, I need to play something because I have nothing else to do. Gross. Yeah. All right, well, that that was it. I mean, again, I thought it was fun. It's fun if you like Pokemon. If you Fair. like Pokemans, do you want to catch them all? Then, I don't know. Go Go, go buy this one. <laughs> All right, Metal, you finally get to talk. <laughs> oh, no, wait, we have, uh, are we doing highlights first, or do you want to? Well, no, he's got to talk about Dread. Oh. Weren't you? Oh, okay. Oh, so uh, we'll move yeah, highlights, we we'll move highlights after the, because sure. Dread's going to leave right into our first speed run. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's fine. But yeah, go ahead and talk about what yeah. you're playing. Okay. Let's talk yep, about Dread. Go ahead. Yeah, so I continued on with it. Um, last time I spoke about it, I was about, I would say, like, three, four hours in easily, so I got a good chunk of what the game is supposed to you know, entail, except I got a little, when I got, now that I'm further in, I'm getting a lot more of the power-ups. You know, the typical, you lose your powers, you get them back kind of deal. If you play one Metroid game, you get play them all, pretty much. But uh, in this case, uh, what was interesting and what really was, um, I guess story-wise, I, I like it. Um, it is a, definitely, like, a continu- a, an interesting continuation. I think what caught me the most is I'm not surprised that they that that I don't know if there's we're talking about spoilers I suppose right at this point yeah um if if yeah like I I I was surprised about the whole like you know or not surprised about the whole X parasite thing again and I'm like oh here we go again with fusion mm-hmm. and I was like oh okay <laughs> it went from one nasty thing to the next nasty thing because those X parasites were pretty gnarly if you've ever played i don't know uh chaz have you played fusion i've only played metroid uh what's the super nintendo one that's the only one super I've ever super metroid <laughs> no, yeah, there you go. super <laughs> like like if you play like it, it almost feels that like because it, they they threw the atom AI in there and the X parasite stuff. It almost feels like I'm playing Fusion again. Yeah, Except I don't have robots. much much Metroid opinions. Like I've just never yeah I've never I've never tried to like stick with one. Is that what I mean? It's it's really fun. You like it just it just you know like anything else you ex- you know what to expect with one of these games, mm-hmm. especially the side scroller ones. You know what to expect from them. I think it's that's what like... made me kind of sad about this game, to be honest, is it didn't do anything to push my expectations. Like, it right. was exactly what you expect. It was a Metroid game, for better or for worse, and they did a good job on making this a refined Metroid game, but I think I mentioned this last time, I don't know if your feelings are the same about this after playing a little more of it, but there have been so many other Metroidvania-like games since fusion and super metro like the, the classic ones right. that kind of created the genre other games have taken it and evolved I mean, you have like yeah. the ori and the blind forest kind of stuff um what was it shadow complex which is one of my favorites mm-hmm. like they really took the formula and did some new stuff with it and then Didn't you have play that... hmm? sorry 
Like, how do you even play Shadow? I've never played Shadow Comp. I've always wanted to. I don't even know how you play it nowadays. Um, they re-released. Right? Uh, it was on the 360 as an arcade game. They re-released it for limited run, but it's expensive now. Um, hundred something bucks. I'd love to have it, but um, point being is right. there are newer Metroidvania games that have done more with the formula, and then Dread comes out. Dread is very polished, but it doesn't do anything new. It doesn't even rebuild on what some of the new concepts are that these more modern Metroidvanias have done. It kind of goes back to Fusion Super Metroid, you know, time frame. Just like, we're just going to do this again. We're going to do it well, but we're just going to do this again. And for me, that was pretty disappointing, playing those other mm -hmm. ones. This game looked good. Um, and The boss I battles, I will say, were pretty good. I don't know how... Uh, what was the yeah. last boss you fought? Um, I was it Creed? I no, it wasn't. It was it was one of the, it was like weird X Parasite thing. Um, okay, I think I know which yeah, one you're talking first, about. Yeah, the first the first armored Chozo yeah, Parasite yeah, yeah. thing. Okay. That thing was gnarly. Like I looked at it, I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" And, and that thing shows up. So um, yeah, I'm still like I, I still I get I think I still got a ways to go. Yeah, you sound like you're um, maybe halfway, maybe a little more than halfway. Yeah, because already the big reveal is in the middle, obviously, so it's there. And it's it's kind of like, you know, you kind of find out who that guy is. Yeah. You know? Oh, the, I wasn't showing, I wasn't showing. Ravenbeak. Yeah. Yeah, Ravenbeak. And it's like, all right, well, that's that's cool. And um, yeah, I agree 100%. I think you... you you play it. You, it's 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 a polished game. I think I think well, who is it? The the studio in Spain who does it? Uh, who does these these new Metroid side scrollers? Mm -hmm. And they're they're good. I think they're good. But they I and I and I was you know I was talking to someone a few El, days ago El while Metroid. playing. I'm sorry. La Metro El Metroid. La Metroid. Yeah, like I was I was, <laughs> good I was saying. Ass. Yeah, good job. La Metroid. I was like, <laughs> Metroid, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it to me, it just it something's missing. It's just it's missing something. It doesn't feel. It needed something. something I, I don't new. feel it. Yeah, like, like I don't want to say I, a gimmick. I, I don't want them to just throw a gimmick in there. I mean, they kind of did that with the the Emmys. They were kind of the gimmick, but they are the gimmick on this one. I, mean, I don't know. You, you kind of get terrified of them in the beginning, and then after that i i went through a moment where i was just like you know what let me just get hit by these guys like a whole bunch of times for fun yeah just to try to find a way to get out of it and i did i was i was going in and out i kept dying 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 eventually i figured out that i was able to the parium once you do it I, just right yeah like if you do it just right on the little star thing that's the only thing you can do and i'm I like did okay like one i'm time. happy now yeah i'm kind of surprised you guys saying that there's something missing you know some sort of gimmick because well, I'm saying I don't want Which, it to be a gimmick. Like, I don't want yeah, them to just, you, just no, throw a gimmick in I'm there. I'm saying the game clearly has a new thing it's working with, which is this weird machine creature chasing you all around the, that's the, the game. Like, yeah, that's, that's the like, that's, I feel like that's a really cool it's thing. Not, it is. It's not. It's, it doesn't not, chase you the whole just, game. Um, like, it, it there's zones. <laughs> there's, there's certain zones for them. And when it, start chasing, when it starts chasing you, you, pretty much you have, like, a way to escape. And just relax for like a second. And yeah. It gives you a second for you to go back in. Like they um, make it seem like the Emmy is going to be that big new advancement, but it isn't. It doesn't. It's not a big threat the entire game. So the standard gameplay you play most of the time is just standard Metroid gameplay. That's what I'm talking about. There's nothing new there. Those Emmy sections, as you were saying, are threatening the first time, but then they get 
more annoying than anything else. Like the more yeah. you do them, saying, there's a frustration. I'm just but saying, like, yeah. like that Go shouldn't ahead. just be a. There shouldn't just be sections. Like that should be like a, a consistent. Like like when you play, like when you play uh, Aliens Isolation. Mm -hmm. Like you're yeah, you have your own goals and your own thing, but. Like the cool thing about that game is like it's like that alien could pop out at any moment, yeah. and then you have to figure out how to deal with that. And that's but it's I like the randomness yeah. of that. I'm surprised this is just like oh I'm coming. Maybe up on that would have done it if get... they could find a way to balance and implement that correctly. I'd be a little worried that would also lead to some frustration if it happened too much or too frequently. But if they found mm -hmm. a way to balance that, that might have yeah. been a good thing. I mean they I think they use the Emmys as a way to also I'm trying to recall, but they were a way of you unlocking progression at a certain point because right? when you killed them or eventually you kill them quote unquote you yeah. what is you it battle this brain thing and then you get like this omega cannon yeah you get to unlock which allows you, which, right. allow, which allows you to use a, a ridiculous amount of power for like a very small amount of time which i thought was kind of dumb it was which, just a way to open a door which not only that but you know now i'm thinking about it um you know and we're about to go into the metroid trilogy stuff where they I'm thinking about it now. They they took a lot of those aspects, like the the whole Emmy thing. They used that from the Space Pirates in, mm. in the first one, where you go into like the underground like um, research facilities, and you're just like, why is it so dark in here? And you get locked in there with those with those Space Pirates you could barely see. You mm -hmm. know, like those are things that, that, that there's just a different way to present it. Yeah. In this case. Like they use the um, the other M over the shoulder thing, which is cool, but it's not really new. Right. And then they're just kind of you know putting it into this game and then adding a new story to it, or, or if you want to call it new, because um, that thing sounds like it's been in the works since before you know after Super Metroid. Yeah. But um, you know, I think it just I think this game took too long to come out. In my opinion, like, maybe that's it should have came out maybe a long time ago. Like it should have came out as like maybe a Metroid what four or something like for like the Super Nintendo or something or, yeah. or for the Game Boy. Well, or, you know, if like if this game came out like during the Wii time frame, even like I think people or like, I would probably would have been yeah I would have been more I think accepting of what it was because it wouldn't have felt as outdated right it would have felt right. like a natural progression uh, with some polished elements of what it came before it but mm -hmm. after you know half, what two decades it feels like yeah. of other advancements this game feels like it was kind of trapped in time like it's very polished and I'll keep saying that because it's not that it was a bad it game it's, it's, a, it's, it's fun beautiful. for what it is but you just feel like there should be a little more and you know yeah this could have easily taken the position of other m i think if like you said that i think that's a great way to say it that could have been the wii metroid game after corruption because they pulled out corruption and then they came out with other m mm -hmm. because of team ninja or whatever and it's like it, you know i'm probably get a lot of flack i actually i enjoyed other m for what it was but I think that could this this could have taken over that position instead, and instead of just you know waiting two systems later to oh maybe we should make a game oh we'll give you a chance to make dread <laughs> yeah like really it's it's good overall like it's it's I'm gonna continue to play it to the end I've already can see like what's going on you know it's just like all right 
you know, it's 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 cool. I mean, I'm I'm harping <laughs> about it, but no, I know. Just, it's just I, I'm still I'm love. still in the same. Yeah, like I want to like it more because I'm you know I'm a huge fan of Metroid. I'm I love Metroidvania games. Well, we had waited so long too, like because we had already mm-hmm. been teased about you know Prime Four for however long oh. now, and then you finally That's dropped good. this game that is decades in the making. Well, that and, announcement was what like four years ago. Yeah, movie? but I was saying like yeah. everybody was just super hyped, and you get this new Metroid game, and it's just it's good. But it's just not what people are wanting, you know? It's like, yeah. I don't know, it's like you're really wanting this really good pizza, and then all of a sudden they give you a good hamburger, which is a good hamburger, but you want the pizza. I don't know. Yeah. That's my terrible analogy I agree. for tonight. I, I, I'd rather, I, I, I'd rather I have the agree. hamburger. My da- daddy didn't pay you Tuesday mm. for a hamburger today. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's my, my, my take on it. I'm going to continue it. I'm going to probably finish it, most likely, and then that's it. You know? I think Fusion's better. <laughs> like fusion has so much extra stuff like it, for a game that's what 15 years old how old is that game now? yeah that, that that game had so much good stuff in it it was like whoa like it's 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 good <clears throat> and this one just it kind of took a step back yeah. but it's okay fair i mean i, I still enjoy it all right so we're at an hour it looks like so i'm going to move us into our speed run news um, so let's see. So that's going to move us directly. It's a good segue. So if you didn't see, Metroid Prime hit its 20-year anniversary. Mm. Just, uh, what was this? This is probably about, what, two weeks ago, I think? Something like that? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, Man, again... Metroid I Prime played... 20 years ago. That I, Can you believe that? That hurts. It makes my heart hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I remember oh. the first day I saw the commercial for Metroid Prime, and I was like, the literally, like... You know, not to date myself or anything, but a, a literal commercial on cable television on my favorite, uh, either Nickelodeon. I remember, the I, was, it, I remember the commercial was sick, too. It was like yeah, a live dude. action. I'll pull it up. And, but then it's like that, that whole spider crawling thing. And I was like, <gasps> and I, I freaking like almost like dropped. I was like, dude, this game looks amazing. Yeah. And ended up getting a GameCube just for that game. Like, have you yeah. tried to play it on the GameCube in recent years? There's the live. I trailer. was planning on doing so. I have it set up over here somewhere, so eventually I might just play it. Um, I mean, once but you get I'm back sure. into it, it's it's fun. But man, the controls controls are rough. Yeah, especially you can play like yeah. modern shooters now. This was still before like you know Twin Stick was really you know really Same. figured out. Like before Halo kind of revolutionized everything. They were doing some wink, like janky stuff with that C stick, man. <laughs> I, I I remember it being really strange. Like it was like having four or five different buttons mm-hmm. in in inside of the C stick. Like you press up, it does things. It does different things each time. Um, funny, I should I say I was, uh, I was playing a new sixty four the other day. Anyway, go quick, ahead. Uh, sh- shout out to Long Play Archive. We're using some of your gameplay. Go check out them. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're gonna replay yeah, think... it, uh, Wii is the way to go. If you have access yeah. to like the trilogy or any of the remakes, the Wii I it just agree. feels so much better with the point uh, point and shoot mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So, and I think Ooh. if you use the uh, the Wii U, I think they did uh, quite a few things with that uh, with the uh, with the tablet. Really? Which I think I remember. I think I think they had it because I remember downloading it for it, 
and I think they did something with it. Either that know. or they added something else to it. I gotta, I gotta double check. Wait, it. I playing the the Wii version on the Wii U or? I, I, I no, the, the there was a Wii U version, I believe, unless I'm completely wrong. Uh, I don't recall a Wii U version of the trilogy. I believe so. Oh man, I will say. Let me, let me take a look at that because I'm, I, too, I'm, I'm remembering. I'm remembering there was something different about it, unless I played it on the Wii. Maybe you're right. I will say I, I've I've never because watched I remember it I downloaded it specifically. I, I mean, I'm a freak. I actually bought the game four times. You can get it on I the it Wii again. U Virtual Console. Maybe okay, that's what it was. But so it is. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's okay. still the Wii version, but maybe they added some kind of Virtual Console nonsense for the Wii U. I'd be curious to look into that. Yeah, I remember. I I I, I can't 100 percent remember. I know I bought it. Mm. But, but um, it was it was. I, yeah, I agree with you 100. percent If you're gonna play the game, play it on the trilogy. They actually make use of the nunchuck, I think, on the uh, on those games. Yeah, I mean, well, that's your movement. Mm-hmm. And the I've movement is actually it, really nice. The uh, the UI looks pretty pretty clean for a game of this age. Yeah, well, the whole um, interface, how you're looking through your uh, mm -hmm. your visor and yeah. everything, and and it was pretty. Yeah, no, they did a good job, and even how they you know shifted your perspective to third person when you had to like go into the morph ball and all that kind of stuff. Like it was really seamless yeah. for the most part. As it got be as it got into like the third one, you'll notice that they got better with like the facial graphics, mm -hmm. where like every time like you would go into like an area that had like condensation or steam. It'll fog up the, the the visor, and you can see her eyes blink. It was actually really, really neat how they yeah. did some of that stuff. So, so we got about a minute left. Uh, I guess predictions. When do you think we're gonna get Metroid Prime Four? Another four Never. or five years. Four or five years, really? You think? Oh man! Uh, hey, man I this I, agree, I agree with Gamer. Yeah, you're probably still. You're probably at least another year or two away from a uh, a, or at least an a year or two. I find is reasonable, but. Four or five? Do you think no, they'll I release mean, it for the Switch, or they'll release it for whatever the Switch Two next, is going to be? That's the next con. That's Switch Two. Yeah. That's I not, don't know. Yeah, Here's not. the thing: they've been developing I'm, it so long. Depending how they've kind of focused it, like what hardware they've been implementing on, I don't know what Nintendo's doing for their next console. It may be harder to develop for the next console, so it may not be in their best interest to make it for the next generation. I don't know. I mean, they might well, have to I, if they I put it off too much longer. Two, I think you're a year or two away from like a re-announcement. I don't. Yeah, think that's what I was really. going to say. An yeah, announcement oh, yeah. because they haven't said anything. They've been quiet. I mean, it's been what two years since they said, "Oh, we're scrapping where we go currently." It's like, oh Jesus Christ. I was thinking or hoping next year they would announce something, not I, release, but announce. But even, but even if that's the so case, too. you're still three, four years away from at least. I would hope two like years you get it. I don't know. Yeah. All right, well, there's our one timer. One last. Go okay, one last thing. Yeah. Go if talk you do play it, Chaz, get like. There's a lot of lore inside of the game. I remember reading so much extra stuff about the game because they talk about uh, older planets and how the space pirates did things and how they were experimenting on each on, on each other and how the Metroid DNA and how they would try to figure out the absorption stuff and how there's even funny ones like how did sam sam is going to the morph ball mm, and how one of one of our guys did that and his bone structure yeah. got destroyed <laughs> like you get all kinds of crazy her, stuff isn't it her 
or yeah, he he's talking about there was a lore piece where someone else did it and got jacked up. Uh, yeah, I like was gonna was say you're gonna pirates. get you're gonna get destroyed by by yeah. people for that. No, hey, at least he didn't mess up mind. knowing who made Sonic. <laughs> yeah, Welcome that was yeah. stream. You're not supposed to mention that. <laughs> yeah. So if you do play it, like just be patient and go through like all the nooks and crannies of all those logs, because there are so much information about just the universe it's 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 really fantastic that's, that's one of the reasons why i like it so much it's like reading a book <laughs> so i'm done I'm all done. right moving on no Chaz. preface for the next one all right yeah. so we are going to move on to some uh less than fantastic news for the original designer of the uh the infamous sonic games uh, if you had, didn't know, Yuji Naka, I had this title, I had it named, <laughs> Yuji Naka sold shares fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> fast. Oh my god, I can't get over this. But yeah, apparently, just oh about a week god. or two ago, Yuji, Yuji Naka got arrested because, I'll read it verbatim, but uh, let's Should, see. Can you like show his face? Oh, his <laughs> face is priceless. His, his face needs to be leaning forward like a little, like a little bit, just to like. Looking at the ground. Oh Some speed line. <laughs> uh, just basically, Yuji Naka, who was credited as one of the main creators of Sonic the Hedgehog and also worked on everything from Knights into Dreams to Fantasy Star, uh, has since been arrested on, on charges of... Uh, what were the charges exactly? Basically, it was, in, wasn't it like... Um, insider trading, right? Yeah. Pretty much insider trading. Some extra... Insider trading chart yeah. related to a Dragon Quest game announcement. <laughs> um, but yeah, it says... Uh, According to this FFN report, Naka is accused of also knowing about the aiming deal before it was public news and taking the opportunity to purchase 10,000 shares in the uh, company. And I think it had something to do with Square Enix, right? That's the company that owns Dragon yeah, Quest. Yeah, he bought a bunch mm -hmm. of shares uh, from Square because he knew or mm -hmm. allegedly knew that they were about to go ahead and announce the next Dragon Quest game. He's like, oh, well, as soon as they announce that, their shares are going to hop up. And sure enough... <laughs> yeah. um, Man. Well, you know, he had to make up some money after uh, you know, Battle in Wonderland didn't turn out so well oh, for yeah. him. So. Oh yeah, that was that was a fantastic mm. game. I think you can pick that game up for like three, four bucks right now. It was like everywhere. Yeah, I got it for like five bucks new at Walmart like two months ago. So, but yeah, you uh, know, I mean this I'm article this doesn't guy's say catalog. What's up? This article doesn't say how long he possibly could I mean I would assume several several years for Insider trading. That's what uh, I don't oh, know. What Martha Stewart got. The Martha <laughs> he'll, 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 probably, get the Mar he'll probably buy himself out of it. The Martha Stewart. Trade. I don't know. I mean, Martha didn't exactly, you know, buy herself out of it. She got a nice sell. But <laughs> yeah, like she, she got hooked up. I'm looking at this guy's uh, at this guy's dis uh, you know, his 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 works, and he's he's pretty much like done all of the like major sonic games yeah mm -hmm. like it's pretty intense i think what i didn't know is that he did a uh what is it we play motion hmm. that's surprising I, I did not think that and ivy the kiwi remember those games from back in the day a little bit no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like huh interesting yeah, I don't know what oh, led this guy to make this decision. I mean, it, it wasn't just him, right? It was like a whole bunch of other employees oh, too at Square or something. So it was like a racket going on or something. Yeah, yeah so very yeah, unfortunate. Money. I mean, you know, money talks. Yeah, maybe he was in hard times. I mean, he's got wrapped up into it. I don't know. It's a shame. 
it's not wholly, you know, an unfamiliar thing. I mean, unfortunately, we have politicians in our own government that are widely known or widely known to be taking part of things like sure. this. So. Well, you don't hear about it much in the gaming industry, though. I think it's what's kind of yeah, often to yeah. utilize, you know, insider information about, you know, like release dates. So that's an interesting thing to think about, like... Think about how many release dates, you know, come out about big games like, you know, the next God of War game, the next whatever, like how easy it would be if you had that information and be like, well, this might be a good time to pick up some of the Sony shares for the announce, you know, God of War 4. Like, I don't know. This is interesting. Yeah, man, he must have been hurting for money after Balan Wonderlands. Oh, my Wonderworlds. <clears throat> yeah, so. that was a whole oh, well, other thing. The thing, though, is like yeah. a series of bad decisions. Balan Wonderlands, then this. Yep. That's the weird thing, though, is it's not like he was out of work. Like, he had been making games, working at major developers. It's like, he, I would think I, he... I mean, he probably it? had a pride hit, though, you gotta think, because Balan Wonderland was, like, to my recall, one of his first games that he had been, like, in full, you know, control over for a while before they basically ousted him towards the end of it. So that was a whole big mm -hmm. thing. You gotta think your pride was hit at a certain point. Maybe you're finding a way to, you know, get back on top, quick recovery. I don't know. I am completely reaching here. I probably shouldn't be, but... Yeah. You know, hard I mean, times lead to hard decisions. Mm-hmm. It seems like he wasn't a director since, like, Choo Choo Rocket, which was, like, early, like, 2000. Yeah. That's, like, forever ago. Like, not being a, a director of a game for that long, it's like, that's, that's, that's hardcore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty sad, you know, you kind yeah. of sully your own name when you're, like, a legendary... <laughs> programmer developers and you gotta imagine his career probably done unfortunately it's not unfortunately like he's not the first one like um not a video game guy but i remember there's a director who's known as like one of the greatest action movie directors ever and he did the same stuff i think he directed like predator and he directed like a whole bunch of like movies and he did the same thing and went to prison and it's like it's like dude you were like gonna go down it's like a all-time or he did go down as an all-time great director but it's like why did you, you need tarnish your reputation yeah. yeah all right that one's all done right. moving on real life yeah, so so moving on to topic number three in our speed run um if you don't know me and phoenix i'm not sure about gamer but one of our favorite consoles uh at least one that particularly is, means a lot to me kind of made me the hardcore gamer that I am was the Xbox 360. And gamer was a and PS3 guy back in that day, if I recall correctly. Probably. I, oh, I would yeah. assume Gamer was, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was. And the um, only time you played the Xbox when we were doing, like, X and A development or something, you <laughs> you would pop it out and hop on there. Yep. Um, but something that I actually, at the time, loved, now I couldn't imagine going back to it, but the Xbox 360 controller, Microsoft or, uh, has... Uh, is it Microsoft that announced it, or I think it's, it's Hyperkin, Hyperkin right? It. Yeah, Hyperkin, I just yeah. saw it. So Hyperkin has announced that they will be um, kind of remaking or kind of doing like a set or says 17th anniversary um, version of the Xbox 360 controller, of which that can be used. I'm assuming with what uh, modern devices? Yeah, uh, uh, it's PC, Xbox Series X and S. Yeah, Windows 10, 11 devices. That's pretty neat. Yeah, here's yeah, the cool. the kicker though. It's wired. So what? yeah, oh, like it's got it's um where uh, it, oh, I know no. it's wire. I'm trying to see where the, right. Oh, go back. I saw it. Uh, right up there, as noted in a press release, um, Xeon's officially licensed wired gaming controller. Right oh, why? really? Well, why? Uh, I mean, I, I would. I probably. Would, I probably wouldn't have bought it anyways. But yeah, that definitely. 
It would have been really neat if, if like Microsoft would actually came out with their own version. Just say, hey. Well, this is officially licensed with Microsoft, so it's not like Microsoft is not involved on this. I'm not sure if they did it wired Mm. for cost purposes. Uh, Like, I I don't know. Because Xbox can use Bluetooth technically, but I don't know if it uses Bluetooth for connectability to the Xbox. I feel like their wireless controllers still use proprietary connections. Even though they use Bluetooth, that's primarily for like connecting it to a PC or something like that. So there might have been a licensing cost with Microsoft for them to utilize the wireless technology. I mean, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that, but that'd be my guess. And they want to keep it cheaper. No. But that's going to prevent me from buying into it. Because I, I love the 360 yeah. controller. It almost better than, like, the Xbox One controller. Like, some of the buttons just feel a little a little better to me. Maybe it's just, you know... One thing I, I kind of want is that, because uh, they show it here, but Hypercan also did that older the Duke. Duke controller for the Xbox. Same thing, though. It's wired. And that was the reason yeah, I didn't same. get that. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's disappointing. When I, I remember when I was trying to get used to like that kind of controller configuration, I ended up buying one, and it, it was great, actually. It was fantastic. 360 controller, man, is still, in my opinion, awesome. one like I still use it on my PC. Um, I think my last one actually broke. I have to get a new one, but super comfortable. It's It feels smoother than like the Xbox One or Series X controllers. Um, I don't know. I, I did love that controller quite a bit. Um, one thing I don't know I'd like about it, since they're doing the wired model, it doesn't have, like, that battery pack, the weight would feel different. Like, um, do you have a picture of the back of the yeah. controller, Chess? Yeah, they, they they do have it there. So, so like, I'm very huh. familiar using the wireless version of the 360 controller. They had a big old battery pack in the back. Thick one. Yeah, and it added a fair amount of weight. Whenever you use the wired one, it just felt dinky. So I would imagine that would feel similar here, and maybe that wouldn't translate as well for everybody. My one question is... I know it's a remake, but like the one big problem everyone had with the 360 controllers D-pad. was the D-pad. Yeah. Is this D-pad still? I think it's on a single axis, right? The older. Yeah. I would imagine was. it's the same. Point. Yeah, you can tell it just by looking easy. at it. It's not like it's you it know separate like buttons. Because that is something I, I like about the more modern controllers. Is I think they're they have like their own. They're better. I mean, <clears throat> you could argue okay. they're still not great, but. Yeah. Like, at least these have, like, I don't know. It feels yeah, like they're separate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I how heavy this, this controller is. Uh, they're definitely, spread. you know, buying into the nostalgia factor of this, and they're hoping that, you know, people who love 360 Air, which are a fair amount, are going to buy into it, which I was tempted when I heard about it, but I think the fact that it's wired is going to turn a lot of people off, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not something I need. Uh, and it's not cheap, right? Uh, did you see the price for it? Uh, I want to say it was like $60, $70 or something. Maybe I'm wrong. What? Like it's like full price controller. It can't be. Does it say anything about a controller? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm speaking. Well, this is an older article. I bet you there's a new. This one's from the 22nd. It's not that long ago. Um, Maybe they haven't released their price yet. Maybe I'm just assuming because the Duke was expensive. Uh, So maybe I'm just basing it off that. But, anyways. It's cool. It's yeah. definitely cool to see, if nothing else. It's yeah. neat. It just sucks that it's wired. Yeah. Like, wireless is where it's at, man. Forget that nonsense. All right, All right how much time we got left on oh, that? Was that? Oh, that was done. Yeah, that was good. Okay. Okay. 
All right, so on to topic number four of our uh, speed run news. Um, this is probably the most recent news article that we have, but just I think it was just yesterday or maybe the day before, Microsoft announced that similar to what Sony and PlayStation have done with its pricing of games, Microsoft has announced it is increasing the price of its upcoming first-party Xbox games next <laughs> month. Um, from 2023 onward, new full-price games from uh, Xbox Studios like Redfall, Starfield, Forza Motorsport will be priced at $70 instead of the usual $60. Uh, it's a price increase that matches the price of competitors like Sony, Ubisoft, Take-Two, and all of their own uh, games. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much everything about there. I mean, what do you guys think? Or, I mean, someone, is... had, someone had to do it. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing, though. People already did. Like... People already have done it. No, I don't, this should not be surprising to anybody. Like Sony already did this. They set the precedent for this at the beginning of the generation. And Microsoft said a few weeks ago, yeah, we haven't raised prices yet, but we're probably going to have to. Now, I think people were assuming, oh, that's just going to be like, they're talking about the consoles because, you know, Sony raised the price of their PS5. But I'm not sure if they're going to go the route of the hardware. I think they might still take the hit there. They're going to go in now to try to get the extra... Um, um, profit out of the software so i think that makes sense with the first thing to kind of jack up the price so i think people me i don't really care you're you're, you're right though i i i at, at least with xbox they have the game pass so they're like this is this is them trying to say dude if you don't like it go get game pass yeah it's it's another to push it. towards game pass um honestly i almost feel like that's more the rationale for doing it, even than anything else. Like, they'll get some money off of sale price. But here's the thing. Like, people who are buying to the Xbox ecosystem, I don't feel like are doing that without getting Game Pass. Like, the people who aren't interested in Game Pass are on PlayStation. And they're going to be paying the 70 bucks regardless. So, I think people who are on Xbox, they're not really thinking, oh, well, now I have to pay an extra 10 bucks. They're like, I already got Game Pass, so whatever. It's not a huge I, deal. I do, I do wonder if this makes me also kind of think about the like do you think this also means we could be getting a game pass increase oh yeah i don't think yet i think they're gonna let this ride probably for a year or so because if, if they're trying to make sure more people are getting game pass another way to gain more revenue would be to bump it up five they, bucks they you know, will i think here's the thing though they need to get some of these big releases under their belt first and get that install base like I think it's really going to be kind of, you know, do or die time for stuff like Redfall and Starfield and some of their big releases. Like if those come out well and they, you know, meet expectations, they don't drop the ball on release and people are like they're big AAA major releases that go well. I think that's going to solidify people wanting Game Pass more. And then that will give them the opportunity to be like, OK, now that we got you, let's bump this up by two bucks, three it, bucks, it whatever sucks, it may be. It sucks like my first initial thought is thinking of the business and revenue aspect of well, it. What, like, it is a business. Of course well, it is. Yeah, I know. But, um, yeah, but I definitely think that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Like a game pass increase because, um, they have to be looking at other, um, companies that have done, cause I know Netflix recently has bumped it up and Netflix keeps talking about how it's tanking in terms of its subscriber count, mainly because it's increased. Like I just canceled Netflix. Yeah, Just well, they've also got, game. like, there's a content issue, too, and, like, competition's different in that, you know, area right now. Gaming's a little different. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, th I do think the increase will come there for some point. Uh, question I have, um, so 
like red they're they're claiming one of the reasons they're increasing is because these games like redfield and starfield like the 70 dollars is reflective of their quality and all the you know time and effort being poured in these big triple a games here's the question though redfall and starfield were both supposed to come out this year prior to any kind of you know um increase in pricing so does that mean that they would have released this year they would have got that price increase or they're not meaning that that isn't really about the quality at all because the game were released this year well, at 60 you know it you i know it's pr color. speak but yeah. i just find that kind of interesting because the games were supposed to release this year under the 60 dollar pricing so the argument of hey this is about the we need the 70 dollars to represent the content and the quality of this game just really kind of falls kind of flat in my opinion and it is interesting they announced this like the same in the same couple weeks that they lowered the price of the Series S. Because I think they just lowered mm. the Series S by like 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. So it's like they're taking a hit one way, but then they announced that they're raising something somewhere else. So it's like, I don't know. Again, that still points to them wanting to beef up their subscriber yeah. count. To they're get making Game the Pass entry over. into Game Pass easier by lowering the uh, Series S price. And then this is going to push people even further. Like, oh, you just raise the price on individual games? Well, let me just make sure I keep that Game Pass subscription going. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It all makes sense. It's, a, it's, nope, almost the like, it's almost like Phil should just hire us to oh, take, yeah. to <laughs> oh, take no. care of their financial We won't decisions. tank their company in under a month. No yeah. worries. So. Oh, I don't think you would I... want to. <laughs> all right, last so, topic, Chaz. Oh, bro, reach out, reach out. <laughs> All right, so last topic. This is kind of just something, since seeing as how I think the Game Awards is on the 8th. Mm -hmm. um, since we're a couple days out, I just kind of wanted to throw it out at you guys. We don't have to top talk um, awards or anything. We already talked about that on the last topic. But see, uh, almost every year, it seems like, when, we when the Game Awards come around... There's almost always one or two major announcements that comes out. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, knock around some ideas with you guys about what we may see. Um, I know there's been a lot of rumors about NetherRealm Studios, although Ed Boon recently came out and it's kind of shot down some of those rumors about a, a new Mortal Kombat or a new um, uh, Injustice. Was it Injust Injustice, right? That's the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's kind of shot down some of that. But um, yeah, some other announcements. I know Microsoft announced the Series X a couple years ago. Um, there was a game announced last year. I can't remember what it was. But anyways, um, yeah, what do you guys want to see? What's something random you would like to see pop up at the Game Awards? They have to have something. <laughs> Actually, um, real quick, I did also see that I think they announced that the Game Awards was going to be shorter this year. Also, I, I think I remember seeing that. Hmm. I didn't see that, but I uh, wonder if that's because Steam decided to give away free Steam decks for every minute of the Game Awards. Did you see that? Oh my gosh, I did not see that. If you are watching <laughs> the Game Awards through Steam, uh, they are giving away a Steam deck every minute while watching it. So maybe they made them oh make God. the Game Awards shorter so they didn't have to give away as many Steam decks. Game Awards 2022, um, or sorry. But yeah, what did you guys What did you guys want to see? What is something, what do you some think, random Metal? Because I'm a little all over the place with it. Some game announcement. I mean, I don't have anything specific that I would really want, to be honest. I mean, well, I mean, what do you got? Like, the only really high in the it. sky thing I would want to see is I want to see like Fable Four gameplay, like, because yeah. that's been in, in development for a while. Haven't heard a whole lot about it, and you know, I feel like it's time to see I some Fable, man. That. 
I forgot I about love, Fable, man. I would love to see Fable, yeah. That's that what I want to um, see. I don't think we'll see it, but that's what I want to see. Yeah. We still haven't seen, um... Uh, shoot, what's the N64 shooter that's been... Oh, the GoldenEye remake Golden stuff? Eye. No, the other one. What's, uh... Oh, Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. We haven't Ooh. seen Perfect oh, Dark for Oh, well, that or... has... I don't know if that's... In, that was, like, what basically had to be redone or something because they had to bring in more help from other auxiliary studios like we're not hearing from that game for a while like that one i've been waiting like two on or three years. i've been waiting on beyond good and evil too for like five you're, or six years you're at gonna this be waiting point, even so. longer that's that, i think that game finally um has surpassed um what was it? it used to be that duke nukem forever was the longest game like in development i think beyond good and evil 2 has finally surpassed it so um so real quick just to kind of t- touch on what i've mentioned before uh, the Game Awards last year, just for reference, uh, ran for three hours, 42 minutes. Too long. I told you those things <laughs> were ridiculously long. long. Oh, my gosh. Keeley uh, recently said that he wanted the show to be more cinematic, opting for a shorter duration than previous years uh, in response to viewer feedback. He felt the viewers uh, encountered fatigue with previous shows and worked to streamline by cutting some content. So it's a. Uh, he said he wants it to be around two and a half hours this year. They've decided just to cut all the award aspect of it. It's just going to be trailers now. <laughs> you're you're probably you're probably That's not probably far. Right. Yeah. Oh. But uh, but yeah. Um, no more shoot, flexing. What? I'm gonna have to. Th- no more no more flexing. Chaz freezing or like... is he just not moving anymore? Huh? Uh, Nothing. Your face just like got super still. Oh, I I think I just zoomed in on something I was looking at. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to think of what I would like to see. Um. We kind of mentioned a couple things. Oh, man. I, I tell you, I was looking forward to something NetherRealm Studios, but that kind of has been shot down. I feel like Microsoft Microsoft, uh, pretty um, routinely is the main one that shows something at this event. Um, I'm mm. trying to think of what they have that, that would excite people. Like, um, I bet like a, a longer Starfield preview like different gameplay new yeah. gameplay because that like game is I, I almost see. here i just don't want to see anymore i don't need to really? see anymore Interesting. yeah um oh what uh, about like uh... It, i'm sorry just going back because before you get off nether um nether realm if they did do something nether realm i wouldn't want to see mortal Kombat or injustice i'd want to see i know i'd want to see another uh dc versus mortal Kombat. Ooh, that would be nice <laughs> at least I'd you remember that? Like that chaz is like blanking yeah, out yeah i don't know i'm no, I remember it's that. I'm just, I'm, out. I'm just thinking. I would. I'm thinking. I would rather see um, some other mix-up. Like, oh, I don't know what what's Marvel else versus they DC do? with Mortal Kombat. Combat. Yeah. I don't know. Or like, I'm uh, sorry, I cut you off, Jess. I wouldn't find be a way surprised to, though. Find a way to like maybe Mortal Kombat <laughs> versus Tekken or something crazy. Do mm. something. I don't know. All right. Well, that was time. But go ahead and finish your thought. Oh no! I just did. You guys throw out any? Idea? I know you said Fable. I don't know if Gamer had anything. I didn't. I didn't really put in. I just. I just want my Metroid Prime Four and shit, and that's it. And Nintendo needs to stop. That's that's what I care about <laughs> one day. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. Let's see. Let me let me throw out some something crazy. Uh. Um. Shoot. I I I'm assume it's gonna be something Microsoft related. And I'll say that they announce a new. Um, I'll stick with fighting game. What's the uh, Killer Instinct? I'll say they'll announce a new because it's been probably about since the release seven, of the Xbox t- One. 
so Xbox Nine One. Years, and I was just yeah. like, Microsoft has to. I mean, you know, they don't really have like a huge fighting game series other than Killer Instinct. Maybe it's time they Maybe. announce a new one. Oh, I think I know what Microsoft is going to announce. They're buying Sony. Oh. Dun dun. That would that would resolve no. this whole issue. I bet Sony would be happier. Um, I bet we would be getting no more fighting about this whole Activision nonsense. Like that would put the whole thing to bed. So that'll be announced since we see. I think oh, fans I just, would kill each other. <laughs> I, think I just forgot suicide. Another big recurring thing with the Game Awards is that guy, that developer that owns that company that he won Game of the Year last year. Oh, um, the, uh, it takes two guy. It takes two guy. He's been at every Game of the Year, and he always shows up and cusses and announces <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if. He'll announce a new game three. or something. It takes three, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, I will definitely cover the Game Awards in and you know on our next episode, so you can definitely look forward to that. We'll kind of give our opinions on on some of that stuff. Um. So, oh well, we have two more hot topics. We have highlights from the horde, and we have our main topic. So, real quick, I say we blast through highlights of the horde, yep. and we'll go right into the main. So who wants to go first? Or did you? I don't know if you switched your background. Yep, for I'm switched. I'm ready. Highlight. I'm professional. Yeah. Oh, wrong, wrong pipe. Um, Gross. Uh, so, <laughs> Gross. who wants to go first with their uh, highlight for the for this episode? Go ahead, Mr. Phoenix. Oh me? Oh. Um, yeah, you, you can go first. I don't feel like I, I have some anything. Basic. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel like I have anything good. Um. I I kind of cheated and did what uh, Gamer did last time where we had like a series of things. So um, you guys both know that I like to collect steelbooks. So mm-hmm. I'm going to show a selection of some of my favorite steelbooks that I have acquired over over time. So let's hey. see. What do I want to start with? Uh, I'll go with some of the big, big ones. Because, um, I mean, they're not just steelbooks. They're like the steel tins. So I know Chaz knows all about this guy. Mm-hmm. So the big Ooh. box has metal tin. I, love, of I love that thing. That's yeah. so cool. Microsoft was really cool. They were doing this like the first few years of the 360 life cycle. Like they wouldn't just release a steel book. It would be like this whole freaking package of stuff. I think stuff. there's a couple games that are like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and you know, it's got the standard kind of stuff in here. If I can get this out without breaking anything, but it's got like uh, the games and art books and some stuff like stickers in it and stuff like that. Soundtrack. So, I mean, it's the general kind of collector edition stuff. I just thought the steel books were really cool because they're they're big, they're beefy, they got like embossing on them, and then you have the little slip covers so that you know they keep the same kind of branding for you know 360 and all that. So the gears it one also helps that. That's so cool. Hmm? I was going to say, it also helps that that uh, encase is one of the greatest games of all time. Exactly. So, And on the same line, the real, the true greatest game of all time, Mass Effect. So, same Ooh, thing. I don't have that one. I yeah. wish I had that one. This is probably my favorite or close to it. Uh, just, man, look at that. I didn't that realize cover. Saren was on the front. Yeah, That's so beautiful. Yeah, same thing. I got the little embossing of Mass Effect. Uh, and once again, it's got all the stuff kind of baked inside. But I should buy that online. I guarantee I could find it for cheap. Yeah, I found this one, uh, I think, like Salvation Army or something. <laughs> but yeah, love those. The other ones are all kind of standard steel books. Um, this one that used to have a slip cover, and I've lost it, and it's beat all to crap. I just love this artwork. This is Halo Wars. Halo. Ooh. I didn't even know they had a steel book, but it's really cool. It's got, you know, it's almost got like a metallic sheen to it, which is neat. And it's embossed on both, and then all that good stuff. It's you know a really good game too. I actually like that one more than the second one. I never played the second one. Um, I remember I was terrible at the first one, so maybe that's what turned me the off. The second to one, it. second one's like more. I'm trying to think of the word, it's it. 
they they definitely built upon everything the first one did and it's prettier and it gameplay wise it plays better but for some reason i like i still enjoyed the first one more gotcha uh this one i don't know if it ever had a slip cover maybe it did because it's a pretty um kind of bland casing but i want to take a guess for this one Ooh. oh god of war yes god of war. this one's really cool god of war three uh, this is God of War the uh, the collection, so it's got all of them in there. Oh. So Origins, remaster of three, and then yeah, the whole collection that has one and two on it. But yeah, that one's a neat That's one. Cool. This is probably the prettiest one, Serrano. You're gonna like this one. Um, this is Metroid? Final. No, I have that oh, one over here. Oh. I'll, I'll get to that one, but this one oh. I think is the prettiest, just like artwork and everything. Final Fantasy 15 Deluxe Edition. Ooh. So it's got slipcover. But this Ooh. thing is just like... It's got that got beautiful them. Final Fantasy artwork. I like so how you took the, got... the sleeve... I like how you took the sleeve off all sexy-like. You were like... Oh, Ooh. you gotta be gentle with it. You gotta Ooh. caress it as you like... Ooh. I got one just like that, but it's for Final Fantasy 12. Yeah. The 12 yeah, one's got... not as... What, does it have like that kind of artwork, or is it just the big like you know X one one? Because I have that one. Uh, is, is let me take is, a look really quick. Is twelve like 12? the lightning stuff? No, that's it's thirteen. Like uh, twelve was oh. the X one one. It's just like branded really big on it. I didn't. I don't think it was all that pretty. It also has the PlayStation two logo like across the top, which I didn't like. Uh, well, while he's looking for that, if he is, I'm gonna show you two runner uh, runner ups. The Metroid Prime trilogy. Since we're talking about Metroid, figured I should probably go ahead and bring that one up. This I one. Have that one. That's just, really nice. Just cool. I mean, it's got an awesome picture of Samus on the back. Um, I have that, but I don't have the sleeve for it. Yeah, yeah I, I think it is the X11. Yeah. It's this guy. Oh, well, I switch over. I don't have you on the big cam. Yeah. Keep showing it. I got an, got an X with uh, this guy. Yeah. Okay, so I guess it does have a little bit of the art in the back. Actually, I would like it so it. much better if it didn't have the PlayStation 2 across the top. Like, that just I makes it ugly. I completely agree. Yeah, if they didn't have that, that'd be... And yeah, it would be way better. But yeah, I agree with you. Either way. Cool. Uh, and then the last one, Chaz, this one I did just for you. Uh, I don't know if it's really my prettiest or anything, but you'll probably appreciate it. Ah, uh, stick of truth. Oh, that's uh, true. No, no, that's the a stick of truth. That's fractured the butthole. Fractured, fractured butthole. butthole. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. You just got all the game stuff inside. But I'll be honest, I'm not going to get computer. it. I'm not going to go get it, but I actually really like the uh, Cyberpunk one I have. Oh, that yeah. That was pretty nice. Did yeah. you know there's like three like, different Cyberpunk ones? Depending which uh, where yeah, you got it from. I did not, I did not know that. Like Region? Yeah. Uh, it's not Region. It's just like I think Best Buy or whatever had different variations of it you could get. Mm. So. Cool. But either way, um, I got more Steelbooks. Uh, maybe I'll show more at a different point, but those just, you know, a sliver little selection of the ones I enjoy. So. Nice. All right, who's next? Okay, you want to go ahead, gamer? Okay. This is nothing special, but it was hard for me to find something. But I ended up like pulling this out of like my case. It's my Donkey Kong Country, pretty much in like mint condition. What's the price on it? The problem, you know, what happened is that I found this. I found this at a thrift store, and they wrote on it. It was just yeah, because they used to write their price on everything. And I have one in the case there of Super Star Wars, and it said 199 on it, and that was the price that I bought it for. And it was just thrown somewhere on top of some clothes. So, and I saw this, I was like, oh crap, no way. And I, and I looked at it, I was like, I wonder. And I, I looked at it, and it still even had the plastic what? to it. And everything. My goodness. 
is the yeah. oh there's the manual all the inserts there's oh man Ooh. everything it came with whoa <laughs> superpower club and don't slip up it's like dude that's so cool yeah, all that looks minty to... too man like no yeah, creases on that manual yeah so it's all mint so so besides that 199 written on it so that's good. it do you want to know how to get yeah. that off I would love to learn how to get that off so, without damaging the casing. So it's a little tricky. I've done it in the past to varying success because um, same thing. Like I had bought a um, oh what was it? Uh, I think it was like a boxed N64 from a Goodwill at some point, and they had written right on the box, which was stupid. Oh man! Um, but if you take dry erase marker and you just rub over the sharpie very carefully, it takes the sharpie off. You just have to make sure the dry erase marker what? doesn't get soaked into the uh, cardboard. Are you serious? Uh, finish your thought. I have breaking news. Oh, okay. Interesting. Anyway, but be careful with it. Like, um, I've had good success and I've had some bad success, but it does get rid of the Sharpie as long as it doesn't soak in. Uh, but if you're, it's around a darker edge, sometimes you can get away with it. All right, what's the breaking news, Chaz? Uh, but let's finish this. Let's finish the, the uh, segment. And then okay. I'll, that's All you right. guys are going to be like, what? <laughs> All right, go. Oh, man. Sorry, go ahead. I'm excited now. Oh, should, should I go do mine for mine, then? Uh, is there anything else oh, you want yeah. to say, uh, game, uh, Gamer, about yours? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, that, pretty much I ended up getting it. I got that and freaking Super Star Wars, which happens to have a box, too, which I'll save for another time. This is actually really That's crazy. It's an awesome price. It is. Wow. Um, okay, so um, I struggled to find something. I kind of went into my uh, kind of uh, nerdy den in the garage, just kind of rummaging through stuff. Um, one of my favorite games, quite possibly maybe the first game in my mind I can think of that I really ever played, but, um, I chose something simple. It's just a guide for a game, but I love guides. I have a good amount of them, but it is the original, uh, uh Prima's official strategy guide for Pokemon Red. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. It's, I, it's I got, so cool. I got a few of those. Nice. I love, gu I love guides. Like, and this one's in pretty yeah. good shape. I picked up yeah. at a Goodwill for probably like a quarter or 50 cents or something. But, you know, I'm not going to go too much. But, yeah, it's just, it's a guide. Tells Does it you all explain about how to get Missing No in it? I don't remember. No, I doubt it. That was like, what, unsupported uh, glitching? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, at the time, this is something I probably wish I would have had when I did originally play the game. But, uh, yeah, this is the official guide. I mean, it has the year, what is it, like 19... Oh yeah, ninety eight on it. So I don't know. Nice. One of the guides that I treasure the most in my guide nice. collection. That was a good one. I have fond um, memories of playing those RPGs with you know the strategy guide open next to you. Oh yeah, I'm a, they always I'm a had sucker. some nice artwork. I'm totally a sucker for for magazines, man. As you can tell from my Dragon Ball, uh, you know the Becketts, and mm -hmm. then I, I have a good amount of Prima. Um, I don't know something about magazines. I I, I very much love them. Man, but uh, yeah, so we. So I think we're done with speedrun news, so we are going to frantically throw in a new topic, um, and then we'll run into Pokemon Violet. So let me open this up. Uh, this is from IGN. It says, breaking news as of 15 minutes ago, or as of two minutes ago, or no, as of, like, yeah, around that time. Out, so, Microsoft, <laughs> so Microsoft has literally just announced that they have made a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty games to Nintendo consoles. What? That's yes. weird. 
I'll literally read this word for word. So Xbox Phil Spencer has said that Microsoft has entered into a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo following its acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, Spencer shared the news on Twitter alongside saying Microsoft will continue to offer Call of Duty titles on Steam after the deal is closed as well. Uh, it's just some tweets about him repeating all of that. The last time a mainline Call of Duty title has been on a Nintendo console was 2013's Call of Duty Ghosts, mm. which made its way to the Wii U. Since then, owners Nintendo owners have been left behind since it comes to the best-selling franchises of all time. Uh, Did I miss just... it? Did Nintendo accept that deal yet, or they just announced they're going to offer that deal? Uh, says Microsoft has made. It just says that they've made a ten-year commitment. So I'm not sure. So they made the commitment. They've made a commitment to Nintendo for ten years worth. Man, that's their way of just sticking it to Sony. It just says, yeah, it says Microsoft comes to come out tonight and announce ten-year commitment to release COD on Nintendo. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's already committed. That's yeah. it, done. They're doing oh, that for the, the whole buyout deal. Because if they do that and then, you know, Call of Duty is being shared with Nintendo and they've accepted it, that's putting pressure now on Sony to accept that 10-year deal. Oh, dude, that's such a kick of the nuts to... Uh... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Holy <laughs> cow. I'm surprised that that's got hilarious. announced at, like, darn near midnight on a that's Tuesday. Wild. Everyone's going to be talking about that tomorrow. Yeah. That's crazy. Deal. That's a big deal. Now, here's right. what's interesting about that. So, I, I get why they did that. It's for, you know, kicking Sony in the balls. Um, but you got to think, how well is Call of Duty going to run on the Switch? It's not. Oh, man. So, it's got to be planned for It's going to be, like, two. mobile versions or something. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it could or... be that mobile version. But you got to think they're planning that either for the Warzone. Maybe they'll port Warzone over in kind of a neutered fashion. Um, or they're looking at releasing something more powerful with the next-gen system. So Switch 2, whatever it may be, which if you think about a 10-year commitment, but depending on when that starts, if that starts next year, is that maybe some kind of hint that Nintendo might also release new hardware next year to coincide with something like that? I don't know. Mm, that's possibly. That's well, it's also, it's also interesting considering... Like, yeah, we've, all, we've always known that Microsoft and Nintendo have been more buddy-buddy than sony but like like dang like i don't think it says buddy buddy else? but the competition there is different right like nintendo's already kind of played its own game so like nintendo and microsoft like they don't really conflict over the same you know pool of users the same way that sony mm -hmm. and microsoft does so for them to make a deal like that probably has more mutual benefits than it does you know non so. that's crazy i'm glad i looked down at my phone because i probably shouldn't have been considering he wasn't listening it. about your amazing um donkey kong story instead he's yeah, like oh what's yeah. going on kotaku what's i'm sorry i'm sorry that you're bad friend i'm sorry your thrift store adventures are more right. more adventurous than mine content I'm prevails sorry. jazz well I'm that's sorry, interesting gamer. that is interesting that's crazy though uh i would love to know the specifics of that deal like is it, I mean, is it just a commitment? Is there finances involved? Is there an exchange of currency? I would assume there's. Um, I sure don't anything on, know. Is there anything on, is there anything on paper? I'm curious where the big benefit is for Nintendo. I mean, I guess or the benefit. Is Microsoft just getting something in return where they're just like, we'll do this. But what they're getting is a kick in the balls to Sony. That's what that's the benefit here for Microsoft because now it's leveled the playing field a little bit. The whole big argument Sony's had was. No, 10 years is not enough for Call of Duty. For this to be fair, Call of Duty needs to be available for everybody. It's the only way that, you know, Sony's going to survive and in the there, ecosystem, and et cetera, et cetera. And there, is no, and there is no negative for Nintendo. It's like one of your competitors gets kicked in the nuts, 
and you get a game yeah. on your console for the next if 10 years. If you have what like, is essentially Nintendo, I'm pretty sure is still are they number 1 in the market right now or biggest probably or they're up probably. there, right? They still are. If they are willing to accept the 10-year deal, Sony has literally no excuse not to now. Right? So that's, I think, the big push here. It's not that I think Microsoft is going to... I mean, they'll make more money, too. you got to think the install base on the Switch or Nintendo platform is huge. So they're going to get a lot of money off that. It benefits the Switch consumer. Um, Sony's the one who's going to lose out here because they're going to look like D-bags for not being willing to accept that 10-year deal considering their place in the market, and Nintendo did. So I'm curious if that's going to push the regulators a little differently. I imagine it would. Because it's not just Microsoft benefiting from the deal. It's like, oh, it's well, showing, it's benefiting the industry as a whole. It's showing that there is a major competitor willing to accept that deal. It thinks it's sufficient. That's not, you know, going to hurt the marketplace by, you know, I think Sony's issue right now. They think that 10 years isn't enough. It's just unfair for Microsoft to have full ownership over Call of Duty. It seems like Nintendo, the other big players, like, yeah, that's cool. So if they're cool with it, it makes Sony's position a lot weaker. So. That's interesting. Buy very, stocks. Very interesting. It's I like, wonder if uh, uh, what's his Yuji face? Yuji Naka just bought some Nintendo stocks. I've got, I've got. <laughs> He's I, in I his holding one... cell on Robinhood right yeah, now. Like, oh. like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I, I own a couple stocks of Activision Blizzard, so I don't know. I don't know what if that affects. You're that rich at now, all. Chaz. Sell, sell, yes. sell. Do it, do it. But yeah, that's that's super cool. We got a uh, breaking news on the pod. That's, I'm again. I'm just. I'm not Maybe, surprised. We might by be it. the first outlet to be reporting it right now. If oh. you're watching this, clip it, put it on the the twitters and the insta in, insta faces yeah. and the tiktoks. Hit subscribe. Hit the yeah, subscribe I will, button. I, I I won't get to clip it until tomorrow. So no, you have to stay up yeah. right now and clip it. This is like big news, uh, man. That, that is huge. Of course, we yeah. still have to talk for like three hours on Pokemon Violet, so it may not matter. That's what I'm going to say. We're, we sh- I'm not going to go on much about Pokemon. But yeah, that's crazy. Um, just kind of the ramifications of that is like... I, I think I think that that almost definitely means they're going to pull it out of Sony, right? They're pulling, pulling Call of Duty because, I mean, why Pulling else? it? Yeah, no, I don't think not- they're going to pull it. They will still they will still offer the 10-year to Sony. I don't think that's going to change because the whole thing this is showing is that Microsoft is willing to play ball. They're not going to hold uh, Call of Duty hostage. They're willing to let the other um, competitors use it. And oh, Nintendo so is showing the... that... It's showing that it's good guy Microsoft. That's my take on it. The deal's still going to be there for Sony. And then if Sony doesn't take the deal and still kind of stands on its high horse, they're going to look like the jerks holding back their own um, player base. Nintendo's accepted it. Microsoft's willing to go ahead and let Call of Duty exist on multiple platforms. So if Sony doesn't take it or fights it, they're going to look like jerks. Which, to be fair, that's how Sony has looked for the majority of this generation. (laughs) They've taken some pretty jerkish stances. So if they double down on it... Man, that that's only bad for Sony right now. So, that's interesting. That's a very you know, interesting. You know, that also thing. paves the way for uh, for for Master Chief and uh, Marcus Phoenix and Smash. That's right. Oh man, we talked about something like that recently. Got to bring back Sakurai to keep on making some more characters. He doesn't oh, need to Coltrane. retire. <laughs> Coltrane versus <laughs> Coltrane versus Mario. <laughs> Nine <laughs> years old, <laughs> testing out combos. <laughs> you imagine, you imagine Coltrane oh freaking chainsaw gunning Mario. Woo! <laughs> 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 
Whoa. Oh my gosh. Oh, Interesting. Dude, that, Interesting. That's some crazy news. Holy crap. Yeah, oh, tomorrow that's going to be like on Unlocked, on Beyond. Uh, but you heard on, it here first I, on the Inner Chaz Man podcast. Your number one oh, place yeah, yeah. to get the most up-to-date news this yes, one time, while, never again. While, while Chaz Man is looking up on his phone, look at news for, for you guys. <laughs> while, while you're, what we're here's, saying. Here's how while you Gabriel's, become... Gabriel's talking and I'm just like... Okay, Chaz, this is how you become the number one pod, uh, podcaster YouTuber. You just stream 24-7, just looking at your phone the entire time, and whenever news pops up, you go ahead, <laughs> you, you uh, shout okay. it out. Do it, YOLO. I guarantee you, Greg, uh, what's this, Greg Miller? Is that his name? I guarantee you he probably got this news like four or five hours ago. Well, if IGN already posted it, it's clearly not new, new. Like Major outlets yes. are already show, talking about it. So yes. Now, if Nintendo had called you directly and be like, Oh, Chazzy Kun, we just got the you color mean, duty. <laughs> you mean my uncle? My uncle called me? My uncle Your uncle who works at Nintendo? That's bringing me Yes. All right, let's move the show on. Yeah. One more All right, big so topic. final topic of the day. Uh, yeah, we're going to move on to what the entire world has been waiting for is our opinion on Pokemon Violet and Scarlet. It sucks. Um, Good night, everybody. I'll be honest. Man, go. I think what? Phoenix has probably finished the game at this point. I have not even finished it. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. I really want to hear Phoenix. I know. I, you need to go first. Um, because you know because first? I've beaten it, I... My um, opinion is shifted a bunch of places, so I want to hear kind of where you're at, how I you're feeling heard, about the game. I have heard something about the ending having some interesting aspect of it, which I'm not quite. I, I read somebody said that on Twitter. That was like the ending had something, some ramifications, or mm -hmm. for on something. So I don't know. But I mean, as far as like where I'm at with the game so far, I'm. I'd say my Pokemon are probably like upper 30s, lower 40s in terms of level. And I'll just say, for me, I'm very like, I'm lukewarm on it. Like I'm not loving it, not hating it. it. It just feels like, it feels like a kind of unpolished Pokemon game. I don't know. I don't know how more to explain it. Like graphically, it's not super appealing. The gameplay isn't a huge step up from something like Arceus. I don't even know if you could call it a step up. It's... I think Arceus probably had some more interesting aspects in terms of the the free roaming and the free catching of Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Like that was more interesting. Um, I don't really appreciate how the game has handled like gyms. I feel like it's kind of neutered. Yeah. Some of the gem aspects, like some of these, I'll be honest. Like I don't have a like a problem. I know Pokemon is tailored towards children or younger people. The, I don't think man, that's a, that's not a good excuse. Like people who some of these. Sorry, good. I'll say people who that their go-to excuse is, "Oh, that's a kids game." M most video games are geared towards kids. When you think about it, like it's a kids medium in many ways. Not saying that you know adults don't have fun with it, but you think about okay, Breath of the Wild. Kids play Breath of the Wild. I'm sure that was mm -hmm. the number one uh, demographic they were selling to. There is far more depth and attention to detail in a game like Breath of the Wild than there is in Scarlet and Violet. So. Just because it's a kid's game doesn't mean it can't be good and well thought out oh, and polished. So That's a good point. I just mean, like, some of the, like, they've changed it to where you don't just walk into the gym, defeat everyone until you get to the boss. Like, it it kind of works now that you, like, for some reason you get to the gym and there's some sort of weird request that the the gym person at the desk asks you to do. And, man, these, like, little side quests. To, the to, olive rolling. To, 
olive rolling and uh, trying stuff to that has nothing to do with like Pokemon battles. It like has nothing to do with Pokemon. So yeah. metal, you go to get ready to fight this gym leader. I think it's like the bug gym leader or something like that. Um, and then before you do, you have to take this qualification test. And what the test is is some weird activity. You go into this maze and there's this giant oblong egg that you have to bump into and push into a soccer goal. That's you your goal. Nothing to do with Pokemon. I guess you can technically stop and like fight and a trainer avoid, to get like. You can shortcuts. avoid the trainers should, in there. Right? I didn't even know you could fight, fight them. Trainers. Yeah, I literally, I didn't know that was even an option. I just pushed the ball to the end. Took about ten seconds, and it was done. It was the stupidest thing. <laughs> I'll come back that sounds, on that. That sounds disappointing. Yeah, and most of well, the tests was, are like that. That's why I was saying, like, to me, like, mm. and and. I guess I wouldn't have a problem with some of those changes if they were done interestingly or if they were just more adult uh, approach. Like, those, some of those, like, requirements are, like, so childish in terms of, like, how easy they are. It's, like, they're I don't just know. They're not like, thought I out very well. They no, are overly simplistic. Not. Like, I don't want to say childish as in, okay, there's, like, a, adult can't have fun with this concept, but... There's no meat on the bone. Like one, one of the There's ones you do later one. on is just like QTE. You just press button combos. Yeah. There's another one where you get to the gym and the gym leader is in another town and he forgets his wallet, and all you have to do is walk to the other town and give him his wallet, and then he goes <laughs> back to the gym. Well, no, that's and not fair. You, you have to win to an the... auction at the same time, which I'm just kidding. Oh, was... I forgot. That's no, so it was pointless. Stupid. Yeah. Like, and. Mm. And all, yeah, the auction, all you have to do is choose the highest number. You just, because it's not your money. What does it matter? You just give. I don't think you can I, lose. I yeah. yeah. The gyms are handled poorly. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like the extracurricular stuff is just, for me, is just not super entertaining. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not feeling super crazy about just random. I, I actually feel like I'm starting to get bored of walking around and just catching Pokemon. Like, I don't. I'm not super entertained by the gym stuff. The the Mega Titan battles with the Pokemon are like super simplistic as well, man. Each of them are the same. It's like, oh, find this big big giant Pokemon. You battle it. Uh, this guy gives his stupid stupid dog Pokemon a a sandwich. And oh, like, you're gonna have dog lovers yelling at you, Chaz. Be nice to Mabostiff. Yeah. Well, th that's another problem. Is like again, like. I we've you know you touched on it, but it's like I understand this is made for children, but I feel like I'm starting to get to the point with the dialogue and some of the story here where I'm like, is Pokemon ever gonna like go anywhere? Like, some of the dialogue is just so and corny. Like, to be fair, the ending does get a little dark. Um, okay, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. Like, there are some very horny dialogue moments you can say that in a lot of games though to be fair um i'm not sure if i would say it's necessarily just childish or if it's just simple or poorly written i don't know um but to your point like there's not enough there at the very least i just like i feel like this is the first time i've played a pokemon game and i know i've complained about other pokemon games but this is probably the first time where i've played one where i'm like okay where are we going from here mm -hmm. like I get it. You're probably going to keep getting the same thing, but I, I don't know. This is the first time I've bought one day one where I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm worried about where this is going. Like there's pretty to me, there's not much advancement. 
there's not much inter interesting new things. And I felt like that's what Arceus brought was at least, Ar yeah, Arceus was kind of an ugly game and it had its, its you know, it's uh, it was kind of clunky in terms of how the the graphics and all that looked. But like at least Arceus was bringing something new to the table and I don't feel like this game brings anything new to the table. The seamless transition between so, free roaming and battling is gone. Like, I, I, I don't know. I want to speak to that point very quickly because I want to. One thing I feel like I want to make sure I express going into this. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't. This doesn't really make me worried about the future of Pokemon. I think a lot of people, if you enjoyed Arceus, you look at Scarlet and Violet, and it's a step down. That's my big take on this, just from my expect or my experience. I ended up loving Arceus. Not everybody did, um, and that's fair. But I really like the changes it made, and I think that. You we both played it together, and I loved Arceus. But I think I here's my point. A lot of people, I think, assume that, okay, because Arceus came out and they liked all these changes, that this game was going to incorporate all those new best features of Arceus. That doesn't really... That could have never happened. Because you got to think, Arceus came out January. This game releases less than 10 months after. This game was probably done, baked in the oven, as far as a production standpoint, a year ago, before Arceus even came out. Like, game development doesn't just, you know, turn on a dime. Oh, Arceus just came out? Let's now revamp all of Scarlet and Violet to take this feedback in. I'm sure they took some, but a lot of the core elements that make Scarlet and Violet what it is were probably already somewhat set in stone before Arceus ever released. And there's not development time in there to go and change a bunch of stuff. The past 10 months has been polish to a certain extent you know the game's not super polished but they've been working no. on systems and coding and final elements of it so i think people expected this to be an advancement of arceus i don't think that's ever what this game was supposed to be arceus i think was the kind of palate cleanser so you could get used to a big shift in change to kind of you know test the waters and this was their safe bet right this was introducing a few of those Arceus elements that people they felt like people are going to be happy with while still keeping as much of the tried and true uh, Pokemon form as they could in there so they didn't lose or alienate those who didn't like Arceus. I think the game that follows both of these in two or three years is going to be the one that people are really wanting. That's going to be where we see... You give me that face, but that's how development's going to work on this, hopefully. They take the feedback from Arceus, the bit, the stuff they're learning from Scarlet and Violet, and you see that change in that future game. I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen, but that's your best shot at it happening. So, if anything, I'm more hopeful for that future game. Man, okay, mm. let your face speak, Chaz, because it's saying things. I just mean you sound... I don't know, man. I, I, I think you're giving Game Freak too much credit. I... I wonder, again, we we had this talk back when Arceus came out about, like, where the idea came from. Okay. And I remember we were like, someone, some one, one random person within Game Freak, somebody was just like, yo, let's listen to Brandon on this one. <laughs> and Brandon had this, like, crazy idea. And then, like, and then Brandon got let go and went to work for some other company. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, like... I did a play for Digimon. Uh, working yeah, for Digimon I get what you're saying. I don't, but you honestly, you know, that's not how this played out, right? Arceus was no, clearly a shift, and um, they clearly showed by releasing Arceus they were willing to make a major change. But there's they had no way to have they could have known bet. that. The, there's no way they could have known so quickly with the production cycle of this one right. versus Arceus. They could have known Arceus was 
that well received. Yeah, they could have known how well Arceus was going to play out, what from Arceus was going to work and not work, to see that implement here. This it was... two to three years of production. For exactly. Game. I get it, yeah. Scarlet and Violet was the safe bet. Now, I'm not saying it's the better game. I think Scarlet and Violet is many ways to me... Um, people, I, some people will say subjectively. I think it's objectively worse than Arceus in a lot of ways, and I'll get to my rationale for that in a minute. But I don't think that worries me necessarily about the next game, because now... They're going to start their three-year cycle here pretty soon to plan for whatever the next Pokemon game is after this, right? And now they can actually hopefully take feedback from Arceus, Scarlet, and Violet and make hopefully the right blend of the two. Will they do that? I don't know. But I think there is some optimism there. Could they botch it? Of course they could. But as I said, I'm at least hopeful for it. But I don't think yeah. Scarlet and Violet is the where the game should go it should not continue this direction explicitly i went back and i played some arceus um a couple of days ago just to kind of see the feel of it and it immediately it, it immediately felt better to me maybe it's because i clicked with arceus better um i'll tell you what i mean i don't know what else you kind of want to get into i tried to make this a real quick pros and cons for scarlet and violet because no, that was the only way i could kind of wrap away. my head around that's, a, that's all i really had was just to me that's the only new stuff was like some of the titan battles some of the gems which i already mentioned the open world to me feels like a bit dumbed down versus mm -hmm. RCS. So I, you take it away. What do you got? So this is kind of how I started there pros con list. And then I also listed out things that Arceus did that this game didn't. And we can decide mm -hmm. if that was a good or a bad thing. So I'll list the pros. Um, I liked that you could skip trainers. You didn't have to interact with any trainers. You could see them wave at them, keep on going, or you could stop and fight them, which I think was kind of nice. Um, Cause there were times different. Yeah. Well, I didn't really, at least in older school games, like it did get annoying sometimes when a trainer saw you from halfway across the screen and you were forced to battle and there was no way around them. So I, I liked agree. the option. I agree with that. Um, the three different tracks were nice. Like uh, you haven't probably played it yet, Metal, but you basically, after the beginning of the game, you can go pursue three different main quest lines. You got the standard gym path. You've got this Titan path, which is kind of like the main narrative if you will of kind of you know the legendary quests and stuff like that and then you've got what's is kind of like the new team rocket quest so you have three different the things areas you can are, pursue. the areas are kind of level gated too like not level there's no gate but when you travel around you're like oh i'm approaching level 20s and i'm only in the tens or yeah, yeah this way, you I'm get like this... nerfed the minute you walk yeah. in yeah no. um, and you can still you can still push on but it's yeah, While we're talking hard. about that, um, this isn't necessarily my pro-cons thing, but the way they handled level uh, progression was weird because technically you can go any direction in the game. Like you can walk out of the, uh, the school and go straight up north to the highest level trainers and start fighting. Um, so the game doesn't like level scale with you. Things are just gated, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that's good and bad in some ways. Like technically you could go and just beat your head against a wall for three hours and capture a level 50 Pokemon at level 10 if you had the you know facilities to do that but the game doesn't really technically still make that feasible because if you don't go through the gym battles that lead up to it you don't earn the badges to control the high level pokemon so it almost is pointless to even do that so it's kind of a false sense of open narrate or ex exploration right you can technically but the game's gonna fight you the entire way it's kind of its way of forcing you to progress still down you need to go counterclockwise around the map or something like that and can i I throw something else out is I just thought about it, but like a big problem I have with this game is it's I don't want to say it's ridiculously easy. It is easy, but it can be made harder if you go in a specific direction, mm -hmm. obviously. But I feel like a big downfall with modern Pokemon games is the idea of the XP share. 
Like, I get it. It would be much slower without it. But, I don't know. Like, it gives you a purpose to use other Pokemon. And, I don't know. Like, I feel like... I agree with that as far as using the other Pokemon. I, I like the convenience of using it to easily level up Pokemon. Because, I'll tell you, there's so many Pokemon now. If I had to sit and manually use all 400 Pokemon to level them up, there's no way I would ever get But you can game. capture their their leveled up forms sometimes like they're, they're leveled up forms are walking around too, yeah like. but not always i mean so i'm yeah. yes it wouldn't be exactly 400 but you see what i'm saying right you'd have to spend yeah. a lot more time leveling up individual pokemon to get the most out of them so i just feel like they're sorry good no go so we're just gonna say your point i was just gonna say in the older games the xp share wasn't something you ever started out with that right. was something you had to earn mm -hmm. and i feel like that should be the case here where like you, we reach a point you get the xp share and it then it feels like a, like oh yeah now I now I don't have to I can play the way I want you know I mean I'm not saying Fair. you should I don't inherently disagree with that I can definitely see the pros to that I think mean, the main reason um, I would maybe lean in that camp is if you didn't have it it would encourage you to spend more time using each Pokemon but honestly I think Arceus had a better solution to it with those research challenges like so yeah the experience is still being shared but you are encouraged to use every pokemon to complete these other challenges per each pokemon so that's my thing you get more use out of each pokemon the experience really is just kind of a way of gating off how much power he has at various points but oh that, that that's not a bad point i can definitely see the argument either way mm. um anyway okay so back that's to my pros your list. Yeah. um so three tracks um, compared to Arceus, there is deeper combat here. Like Arceus had a pretty streamlined fighting system for better or for worse, which worked for that game. This game's more competitive. They bring back a lot of the tried and true like abilities that Pokemon can have that Arceus didn't have. So combat is more in depth. Um, what else? My pro list is pretty short, to be honest. Um, I started reaching here towards the end. Uh, mystery trades are back. If you remember those, you could just go into the online system and just surprise trade. Not that that's really a core gameplay mechanic, but it's a nice feature to the game. Now these, you could you could tell me, Chaz, if you think they're pros or not. So this game has co-op. Is that a pro or a con? No, it's con. I didn't. We played co-op and it's neither right now. It's literally superfluous like so technically uh, uh the way it works metal is me and chaz could jump into the same game and i could see his trainer walking around fighting battles it doesn't do anything to interact with me though i literally just see him i can't battle him uh we don't like go into gyms together or anything like if we go into like a gym or a city he goes into his own instance to fight the gym leader and i would go into mine because the gyms are made for single battles it's not like we can go do double battles together unless i'm really missing something and if i am Please, someone tell me, because that would give so much more depth to it. It literally is just, we can then go into the world. We could, we actually went completely separate directions. I just did my own thing. He did his. We were in the same game, and we forgot about it halfway through. Like, there's almost huh. no interaction from a co-op level. So, that I think sounds, it... Hmm? That, that sounds like, a, that sounds like a, a way of a good opportunity wasted. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, there felt, is stuff they could do there. Yeah. It was cool to see him running around for a minute, but if we could have, like, you know, got together and had, like, quests we could do... There's no side questing yeah. in this game, really, by the way, which Arceus had, um, which I think in an open-world game, you really needed something like that to flesh things out. Not just co-op related, just side quests in general. But anyway, co-op to me was a bit of a bust. You've got co-op raids. I'm not a big fan of the raids. I find them pretty one-note, but some people like them. Um... And you can make your Pokemon auto-battle. If you want them to just level up, you can send them out, he'll run around in front of you and just fight Pokemon, which is kind of a neat feature. 
I'm not sure if it's a pro. It's just it's a feature. That's kind of neat. That's my pro list, honestly. There's not a whole lot else that also explicitly say good. My con list is at least double that size. Um, oh boy. So there's no character customization. Like coming from Arceus, you could change your outfit, change your look, everything. Okay, okay let me take it back. There is some character customization, but it is the lightest. Like you have a selection of hairstyles less than Arceus had. You you have to wear school uniforms because you're a school student. You can choose between four uniforms. That's it. You have the winter version, the summer version, the spring version, whatever. And they're all variations of the same color and whatnot because they have to be purple for violet or orange for the other one. Um, I think the only customization you really have is like your shoes and your backpack. So not not everybody cares about that, but Arceus let you wear a freaking ninja outfit. Like, I don't know. It was a pretty big departure. Um, they let Brandon go, man. I know. Poor Brandon. <laughs> he's doing better things. Uh, maybe he's working with um, Yuji Naka on the next Sonic. No, wait. Oh, uh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, working with Capcom? What? <laughs> what yeah, yeah. Capcom, yeah. Some of these are things that came from Arceus, so I'm trying to skip those right now. Um, the world is really bland. Like, it is an open world with no real distinguishing features to it. Like, some people are going to argue, oh, yeah, well, there's this one mountain over here. It is the most generic mountain that you could have. There's, like, a lake with no distinguishing features. Like, you think, when I think about Pokemon open world, I picture, like, Pokemon Snap open world. Like, the detail mm-hmm. of those worlds. And I know that's not feasible necessarily on the Switch hardware and et cetera, et cetera. But when I think about walking through an environment with Pokemon in it, I picture Pokemon Snap. Like, especially the new one. Like, the way the Pokemon interact with stuff. They're jumping through waterfalls. They're playing with each other of different species out and whatever. Like, they're living in this world that is lush and has landmarks and looks interesting. Some of that is art style. That isn't just limitations of hardware. That is lack of artistic direction with how they design this world. This world is just flat, boring textures. You have the lake area. Mm-hmm. You have the swamp area. There's nothing definitive about any of it. So the world's boring is what I'm getting at. There are Pokemon running around in it, but not interacting with it, if that makes sense. So that's disappointing. Um, as I said, no side quests, which once again, Arceus had side quests. I'm not saying I need like even a great side quest, I would have been fine with some collection stuff. Go capture 10 normal type Pokemon. Go fight X amount of whatever. I don't know, something. But beyond the aspect of capturing a Pokemon in the wild, there's nothing encouraging you to go and explore the world. Give me something to do. Um, we already mentioned the gym, the gym stuff, the olive rolling and the gym test. Most of them are terrible. Yeah. There's, I'm trying to recall if there was any of them that was worth doing not really um none of Those the gym tests were interesting they were all pretty boring the gym the, uh, battles you, you only fight the gym um leader themselves leader, every much. once in a while they'll give you like one little battle in front of it with like a gym minion or something but it's not like the old school gyms where you'd have to work your way through a gauntlet of like eight different pre-trainers before you got to them so gyms are a, a step down and also down. the also the the like uh i forgot the the what are they? The fortresses that you take on, like those are really boring too. Yeah. Like that, the whole automatic battling in this game is super simplistic. You just mash the right button and your Pokemon go out and fight. And it's just like, which I'll tell you is fine. I think for while you're walking on the open world, if you're just trying to like 
you know, gather some resources or whatnot. It's a nice, I think, quality of life thing to let the Pokemon just kill and gather some resources. I didn't like it for those star battle things, though, as an actual like, mechanic you have to interact with. Because you're right, they're boring. Like, there are these sections where you basically just have to run in and have your Pokemon automatically beat X amount of other Pokemon, and then you fight basically the Team Rocket leader. And it's just boring. You literally walk in... A car. Yeah. Like the first couple I fought are just car Pokemon or something. Yeah, they are all identical. Um, besides one or two extra Pokemon they use. Like, those were lackluster. Um, spoilers, by the time you get there, the Elite Four is pretty terrible. Like, you know how in the old school Elite Four, how you would go through, like, you go into the first room, it would be themed like the, you know, uh, Pokemon type that that leader uses. You'd fight him in that room, it'd be kind of dramatic, and then you move on to the next one. So spoilers you go into this pokemon league you go into this really bland white room looks like an insane asylum kind of thing it's just an empty black room or white room and then the first um elite four member comes out you fight him in this big boring white room then he's like okay calling in the next guy and the next guy walks into the same white room and you fight him then the third That's one lame. then the fourth one and it is literally just you stay in this one super sterile boring room and just fight trainer 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 yeah, that was pretty boring. <laughs> um, so most of the paths you go down all end up being pretty lackluster. Um, the 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 gym one is probably the worst one with the Elite Four. The Titan one ends up being The Titan better. one's probably the most entertaining one. Because it actually leads into what is arguably, I guess, the core narrative of it with the professor and stuff. And I won't get into that too much right now. I'll let you... Because I'm not... Yeah, I'm not in that stuff Yeah, and I don't want to... I don't want to spoil that for you. Not that there's a lot to spoil, but you go into a new section of the map at the very end, and there is some interesting narrative stuff about, you know, how you get this legendary Pokemon, where they come from, what's happened to the professor. Like, there's some intrigue there from the narrative. There's almost none of that throughout the rest of the game. So they kind of just all jump it, at, drop it at the end. I honestly think the last section gets a little tedious, so you can tell me how you mm. feel about it when you get there, but the narrative is at least interesting. Um, and then what's the other track? Um, oh, the Team Rocket Star Team battle track. Um, the ending narrative is okay-ish to kind of wrap it up, but it, you see it coming, so it's, you know, not really overly interesting. All the tracks are bland. That's kind of what I get at. So your main reason to go out and explore this world, to go on these tracks, most of them are pretty lackluster. Um, so your only real reason to go around the world is to capture all the Pokemon, and I don't even think that's overly engaging. Um... I don't know. I know I'm coming across real negative, but most of it was done better in Arceus. So I'm going to go to my list of things that Arceus did better, uh, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, you could throw and aim your Pokeballs. Like in this, you can just, you have to lock on, you throw the Pokeball, you can't miss, you just throw the Pokeball and it always hits the Pokemon and then Gamer, you fight did them. you play Arceus? You didn't play Arceus? I haven't. But now I you want to. Should, if you're gonna play one, play Arceus. Because it sounds like it. Because I haven't, I haven't touched a Pokemon game since X and Y. Yeah, I think you would like Arceus a lot. Um, like I, I'll tell. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, Arceus is a whole refresh of the Pokemon formula. Like the stuff that um, is working kind of in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Arceus introduced the pseudo open world, free reign, collecting Pokemon thing. Arceus is what started that. Um, but the cool thing about it is like Arceus kind of merged together the traditional way of catching Pokemon with kind of the let's go version where you could sneak up to a Pokemon, chuck a ball at it. And if you just chuck a ball, you could actually try to capture it. 
Like, you didn't have to fight it. You could just chuck a ball, just like in, like, what, the original first episode of Pokemon where he captures a Caterpie. No fight. You just chuck the Pokeball at him, and if you're successful, you capture him. If not, you're not. Yeah, Gamer, if you play Arceus again, I'll play. If you play again, I'll play again, because I would love to talk about it again. Yeah, I completely forgot. I played Let's Go. Never mind. I played Let's Go, and those oh, okay. are those. That was a fun. Those are fun. Like Eevee and Pikachu. I played them both. They were they were fantastic. Yeah, and they were in fun. their own way. And part they, of those mechanics are in Arceus, as far as like, okay, I can chuck the ball and I can just capture them. Yeah. But you had the option if you wanted, you could fight the Pokemon and weaken it. So you could actually choose right. your Pokemon. Like you literally chose your Pokemon on the list, grabbed its ball, and then chucked that ball at the other one. It felt really. It felt like you were the actual trainer. Like, you were actually choosing your Pokemon and manually selecting it and chucking it. Some people might have thought it was tedious. I liked that level of tedium, I guess, to interact with it. So you had more option with how you collected or fought your Pokemon. And the um, side quests were more interesting. Like It actually, actually had talked, side quests. Yeah. You actually talked to people, and people would be like, hey, this is, I, I lost my thing. Can you go find it for me? Or, hey, my you know, I, I, I would really love a picture of this Pokemon. Can you go take a picture of it yeah. for me? You know, like, it's not that they were overly involved, but they were... Just quick, short little things that you could do while you were out there that fleshed out the people in the world. They had the one uh, side quest I really liked from Arceus where, remember the kid who got oh, lost? The um, balloon. The drift balloon. And I thought that yeah. one was really interesting because, like, that was one of the few, like, Poke- uh, Pokedex uh, entries I know. Like, the drift balloon Pokemon used to, like, steal kids and float them off. Yeah. Um, and they literally referenced that in Arceus. Like, this was the origin of kind of where that Pokedex entry came from was these kids on the beach and the drift balloon were luring them out there. So it was kind of this really horrifying <laughs> dark thing. But it was just in a side quest, which was kind of neat um oh, where am i at you could uh what else oh do you remember the uh the um what do they call them the weird dome zones like the rifts or tears oh i remember i remember those you basically those have these cool. weird dimensional rift zones that just popped up randomly in the map and pokemon from like the future and all these different areas would just pop up in these areas and there were these really just different zones that were randomly or they're they on a tough. timer they were like they were high level too. pokemon like super evolved pokemon that would come in Ooh. That, and it just made those really like, exciting moments. You'd be just going around the map, and all of a sudden, bam, this rift thing would pop up. This big hurricane would shoot from the sky. And it was just this really cool moment. Uh, none of that is in Scarlet and Violet. It is just bland the entire time. Mm. Um, what else? Oh, this was a small thing. Um, in Arceus, I, didn't, I forgot you could do this. When you battle Pokemon, you still have control of your trainer, and you can walk them around the battle. And actually watch mm. the Pokemon as they're fighting from different perspectives. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah, in Scarlet and Violet, you can control the camera, but you're you're not controlling the trainer. Like, I guess it's one of the things like I really liked about Arceus. You felt like you were the trainer. In this game, you just feel like you're watching everything. If that makes sense, you're kind of third person instead of actually in the shoes of the trainer. Um, mm. what else? What else? What else? The um, navigation with the Pokemon was a lot better. Like, you know, in this game, you can hop on your legendary Maridon or Karaidon or whatever, and, like, he can end up flying and climbing stuff and whatnot. Compared to the way you can fly and move around in Arceus, it's so much worse. Like, Arceus, you could jump, like, fly up on your one Pokemon, like, literally soar across the entire map. You do it in this game, your Pokemon, like, flies for, like, 10 seconds, and then just, like, tanks. So you can't even get, like, across the map with it. Like, it's neutered quite a bit. Um... You had the boss battles inside of Arceus, which I know I wasn't a huge fan of, but I remember you, Chaz, I really you liked them a lot. Those, I really like those sections. Compared to what we have now, I miss them well, a lot. Way better. Yeah, because yeah. even though I didn't love them, I liked them well enough, and they were interesting at least. There's nothing like that here. Like, you had, like, you literal kind of, boss like, battles. Battled, 
you almost could battle Pokemon without battling them because you were like whittle them down with the bag of yeah you had to like throw yeah rocks at them or something like mm-hmm. um you, like it, I don't know you haven't played it um metal but you wouldn't use your Pokemon to fight the these legendary Pokemon you literally would like have a bag of rocks and you would just run after the Pokemon <laughs> chucking them. <it. laughs> And some of them had more to it than that, but, like, I don't know. The Pokemon felt threatening, too. Like, they could actually attack mm-hmm. the trainer. Like, your trainer had a health bar, and you could get knocked out, like, without even, you like... Fight, you, like, you fight this giant uh, um, Arcanine mm-hmm. and like, the volcano and stuff. It's, like, really cool. And he could straight up murder you. Like, not murder your Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Murder you, the trainer. <laughs> Um, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's why I said, like, you felt like the trainer in this game. Like, everything is felt like something you were doing or interacting with instead of just the Pokemon doing it for you. Um, I, I thought the art animations were better in Arceus. Not that they were great, but they were better than what we have in Scarlet and Violet. Um, neither game looks good, but I feel like Scarlet uh, and Violet looks worse because it doesn't have the cell shading to it. So it just, like, no- nothing's hidden, if that makes sense. Inside of... Um, Arceus, the cell shading kind of masks some of the grossness and muddiness of some of the textures. But in Scarlet and Violet, they're kind of just on full display and they don't look good. Um, oh that's probably there's probably more things. I'm I know we're running long, so I won't keep going through no, it. It's fine. In general, I feel like Scarlet and Violet is one step forward but two steps back from what Arceus was doing. Like. Arceus is the better template to build off of, in my opinion. Some people are going to disagree because Arceus was not good if you like Pokemon for, like, competitive. I don't see how, you, I don't see how it's a step forward. Here, here's where it's better. For people who play Pokemon for competition, this is the better game. Like, you have far more you can do as far as raising your Pokemon, curating their abilities, um, raising them for certain, like, um, types of competitive application. Like, this is the more tried and true, like, core competitive Pokemon formula. But if you don't care about competing, uh, what? No, I was wanting to wrap it up, but I just thought about a major aspect of this game. Oh, sorry. Finish your thought. No, I was just saying, like, if you like competing, this is the better game. The, co- the co-op kind of side of things where you fight with other trainers, this is better. But you could add this, that element to Arceus, and I think have the better game, the best of both worlds. So I just thought about the one other aspect is um, that I didn't care for was the terrestrialization. I didn't really feel like it added anything and each pokemon doesn't have its own unique terrestrialization look it's like they have like the looks are disappointing they're like three to five different sets and no there's 18 oh is there there is a look for every type um you just probably saw the most common so here's the thing technically i think the terrestrializing or whatever it's called is a pretty interesting mechanic because basically what it does Serrano, like say you have a fire type pokemon you could find a fire type Pokemon that has a water type terastalize. So you could be fighting normally, and then if you come up against a Pokemon who you're weak against, but that's weak against water, you literally can change your Pokemon type, which opens up a whole level of competitive play there because now you can have a separate typing that can protect your weakness. So from a competitive yeah. side, that's pretty cool. And if you can go out and that makes looking for Pokemon interesting because you can find Pokemon that have random terastalized types and have really cool kind of combinations. So I think it's a good mechanic. I think the look of it is kind of crap. I don't like the crystallization and the weird hats they put on it. That makes it seem kind of cheesy. But the idea of what's happening there is neat. If they could have found a better way to do it, like you didn't crystallize, but like your Pokemon, like if you turn to a water type, literally change the look or like... I don't know. I don't know if a good way to do it, like without really making a lot of work for the developers. But um, imagine yeah. if your Charmander instead of having a flame on his tail, it turned to, like an icicle or something to yeah. show he changed type. 
that would be really cool. And I know that's a huge amount of extra effort for the developers, but that would be a better aesthetic change. But the concept of terrestrializing, I think, is good, and I think it will add a lot of competitive play to the game. But I don't know. It's it's a step somewhere. I'm not going to say it's the right direction. There are some things this game does it like, okay, like the terrestrializing, but I think Arceus is the better foundation to build off of. Take the competitive stuff that worked here, some of the modern flair, whatever you want to call it, and shove that into Arceus. Do you feel like they should stick with the open world or should they go to what Arceus did as far as having like the mini open hubs? Cause I felt like those ended up playing a little bit better. I agree with you. I feel like I just feel like if if it worked better in Arceus, they should. That's probably where they should go. I just, I just, I, I don't feel like this world that they've developed with this title is just not that interesting. It's not. it's not that interesting. The the I'm not blaming the Switch, but either the power of the Switch or the or Game Freaks. I don't um, think it's the Switch. I mean, I'm not saying that there just, isn't any um, issue the, with the Switch the being overpowered. Go ahead. The world is just bland. The world is bland. The Pokemon don't interact with it. It, it is doesn't feel like yeah. lacking design is what it is. Like I'm not saying that they aren't held back by hardware limitations. I'm sure that is part of it. Um, and the performance issues, that's a whole other issue. I'm talking about, and I think what you're talking about, is literally the design of the world. Like mm-hmm. there's not... Oh, yeah. You could make interesting architecture. Here's something. This world is not like randomly generated, procedurally generated. So they're not, they can't use that excuse of, oh, it's a little bland because, you know, it's, you know, just procedural generated landscaping. They made this landscape. They made this map in an editor. You're telling me they couldn't have made it a little more interesting, have interesting looking valleys that lead to a certain place. Like they have valleys, but they're literally just valleys with no rhyme or reason. Or there's a mountain. It's just a mountain. It's not a mountain that leads to something interesting or looks a certain way or does something interesting that that some art direction or that some level design could have actually taken mm-hmm. into account. I don't feel like there's level design here, if that makes sense. And no, that's probably not being not. fair. There probably are some parts in there that are a little more curated. Like you're showing, like I'm looking at one area in your screen now. Oh, well, it's gone now. <laughs> Crap. Um, well, that's, that's interesting. You just said there is no... You, the level design, I agree with you. It doesn't feel like there's much level design. Or but like this spot you're going into, so there is this little mining area that's used for a battle. So that, and clearly that was curated. It's not super interesting, but they did something there. But there is almost there's very few instances of stuff like that. Like for the most part, it is just bland landscape, grassy area, bland with it, whatever this is. So I think they an open world could still work. Is I think what I'm getting at here with time in the design oven if you want to look at it that way if they could curate it a little better open world could be great um and there are open world games that have done a better job at it like um i know some some people act like uh breath of the wild is a little bland because it's so open a little barren but there are memorable pieces of architecture and landscape in breath of the wild that i can still think back like oh i remember those twin peaks remember the ones that had big split down the middle or Mm -hmm. i remember the big labyrinth zone in the back corner or like the forest area like there's spots that stand out that the Switch can obviously handle. That was a big world, bigger than this game. Like, that map was bigger than this game. I'm almost certain of it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't feel like it. Um, you could argue that maybe it isn't as populated, but I'm not even so sure if that's a fair assessment. Yeah, so. but but making that stuff requires a, 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 a very rich and valuable company behind it to make. I don't know if Game Freak can afford that type of uh, game design and i know 
I don't know. They've been around for a long time. I'm sure they can. They could do what they want. I don't know. They've I only mean, sold. They, they've only sold ten, 10 million. It's only the largest million, entertainment IP in the world. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm never one to come down hard on developers act like they're being lazy because I don't think that's the case. Like I think the team at Game Freak is working their butts off. In three years, they've made three Pokemon games. More than that, I think. I, I think. I think the problem. I think the problem is is that they're. They pop out too many Pokemon games too quickly. I think it's the Madden effect where there's not much development time to really do a heck of a whole lot. And they probably and don't have enough teams in. They there don't have enough too. people. That's what this like, is, and that's where enough. the the argument that you're saying that oh, all these money bags should be coming into play. Like I think their team, and somebody can correct me if they know for sure. I think it's like 200 people, which sounds like a lot, but when you think about some of the big uh, AAA studios out there. There are thousands of people. Uh, thousands, yeah. And that's where they should be at. Game Freak, if, if what I heard is true and it's really only 200 people, they need to scale up, like, immensely. They have the resources to do so. I'm not sure they what the, the rationale... To... They yeah. make the money to do so, too. That's impossible that they can't I'm hire I'm not another, sure like, what the rationale set, is like... that they don't have three separate teams of 200 people working on games. The, ra- the, ra- the rationale is that they can afford to not spend that money and still... Make sell tell them at ten million copies. Yeah, I guess that probably days. is the rationale, but that is the rationale. I'll tell you though, I think that's gonna start changing. Like, I'm not saying that this game hasn't sold a buttload and isn't still gonna make them, you know, buku bucks even with all the issues it's had. This game, I think, more than any other, has been the most vocal and biggest. I think, um, what's a good way to say? Is tarnished I, on Nintendo. Like IGN gave it like a six out of, or I guess they'll say it right here. Like, yeah, I think it was like seven. I think. It's six which or seven. Is really, which it's is six. really yeah. rare for freaking. It's really it's rare the for a lowest, game to be that low. It's the lowest mainline Pokemon game, mm-hmm. um, and you have situations where Nintendo were forced to uh, give refunds on the game and all this other stuff. So I think there's been a big enough tarnish on this game that that's going to make Game Freak or Nintendo, one or the other, do something differently. I really, really hope so. If they really just kind of brush this under the rug and just push forward, I'm hesitant that I want to continue supporting that um i don't know well, hope like you I'm... said the development cycle should mean that the the good aspects of rcs should start up showing up in the next game or two so i would be hopeful yeah. see i i'm hoping that they don't have another spinoff like arceus i know some people are thinking they're going to have another legends like game i don't think that should be the case i think legends was a chance for them to experiment that they hopefully learned a lot from I also don't really want to see them do a remake. I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, they're going to remake, um, what, Black and White next or something like that. I'm hoping they skip that generation and they just work on the mainline game. Wait two or three years. I'm fine waiting no Pokemon games for three years. I'm not saying that they're going to want to do this, but take their time. Madden people have been saying that for years, that they they want EA to take a few years to work on development and... To be art, to be fair though, I mean, well, not me out. To be fair, I I agree with that look point. How much be- look how much better this looks. Oh, you're showing Arceus. Yeah, this looks. It's the cell so shading. It makes it look stylized, even though it still technically looks like crap in a lot of areas. <laughs> like the textures are still crappy. Like in the environment, honestly, look, looks about. This looks tons better. Because of the shading and the uh, cell shading, like that's what makes it look nicer. Because technically, the geometry and the way the worlds are created still look kind of crappy they look about like how it does in violet and scarlet but the cell shading masks a lot of it i think gamer needs to play this game like i really you're convincing me to play it after all the i loved arceus the mega pokemon were really good like i like it more 
Hmm? Watch our review. That was like the first episode we did was talk about Arceus. Our very first podcast episode was a review on it. And we talked about it for like 40 minutes. Yeah, like this. I like this far more after playing Scarlet and Violet. Really? Yeah, because it had performance issues. Like it had issues, um, and it had like, some elements that weren't fleshed out either. But in compare, I think people were just assuming like, oh, well, the next game is gonna polish out all that stuff. But now looking back, this game should have been like an eight or a nine, <laughs> may not nine. Yeah, but this I should agree. have been at least an eight, um, comparative to what we have right now in Scarlet and Violet. All right, I'll wrap it up. I know I'm talking way too long and it is late for us. Um, yep, I do agree. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, we touched on a bunch of topics. We even got a new or uh, some breaking news in there. Um, I'll definitely try and uh, do some sort. I'm gonna put post that tomorrow night by itself, get, so we can by tomorrow. I think everyone's gonna be talking about that, so we'll at least have a, a news topic out same day as everyone else, pretty much. But um, yeah. So what do you guys got going on? Any other games or anything else you're looking at? I'm still playing Pokemon a little bit. I don't know how to talk crap about it, but I'm trying to see if there's any more in-game or anything to get into. I'll be honest. I'm not coming across much, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to playing, milk it. I'm playing Pokemon, and I want to go back to Pentiment. I'm oh, to yeah. that out. Um, I do think for the holidays, I was thinking of playing... Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get in Callisto Protocol before the end of the year. I mean, Ooh, I, I do want to play it. heard a lot about that game. Um, yeah, um, I was wanting to play, I think I want to play Kingdom Hearts for mm. the holiday. I think that's going to be like my stream I try to do for around Christmas time because I never finished it. What about you, gamer? You got anything? Uh, probably finished Dread just to get it over with. And then uh, I got a couple of games that I picked up from my GameStop for like super cheap. So mm. I might either want to hit one of those. It's like, I think it's a like Code Vein or some other games there i hate I to another one i hate to tell you so, metal you're not gonna get to play any of those games uh for those who don't know metal's misses is about to pop oh yeah so ah. and that happens man i'm sorry but you're not gonna have game time maybe i'll do what yeah, you we're... did and just play nothing but uh but the switch well actually okay so to be fair uh when my daughter was born three years ago it was when the switch came out in breath of the wild um, the only way I could play was because it was a Switch. I slept with my daughter on my chest, and I played the Switch while holding her half the time. So that's that sounds like a way of doing it. So you might be able to make yeah, that work, but I doubt yeah, you're gonna get a whole lot of PlayStation mean, or Xbox time. Yeah. In. We're not that's even okay. sure if Gamer Gamer will be able to make the next episode, but um, we'll see. I mean, I know uh, Game Awards is in a couple days, so we'll have post Game Awards coverage on the next episode. I'm not quite sure. We have something that's called the Chazies, which we're going to be doing on the next episode, or mm. possibly next, maybe. I'm not sure. But sometime at the end of December, beginning of January, we're going to have our own little award show where we can kind of talk about uh, what our favorite stuff of, of from the year was. But, um, yeah, anything else you guys got to got to say before we head on out? No, nope, I'm it. It's late. Go to bed. No, nope. I agree. Call back in my attic. Yep, attic, you back in the basement. Where, I I gotta have lore. Where am I? Where am I living? You're in Just the house. In, you're like in, in the house. In, yeah, you're the filling of our sandwich, right? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was gonna say you're in the refrigerator eating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like uh, I'm Slimer. Just just hanging out over there. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much for watching. We love you. Of course, we uh, can't wait to see you on the next episode. Uh, our. Do you guys have anything to say? You want to say your goodbyes? We already did. Bye. Did Yay, bye. bye. Hey, guys. <laughs>